It's time for the Orlando Lions Den Podcast with your hosts, JJ, Eddie, Cleon, and Alex Brown. Chance for career goal number 100. Nanny and Bush. Oh, and this time he sneaks it under Bush, and it's 1-0 Orlando. And you had to think Natty's got it going through his head as well, having missed those two penalties there. And it almost, I think it almost skips just up over Bush's hand here. Yeah. You have to think Evans, assuming it's just going to stay along the ground. Rogiar has come on now, the 20-year-old, in his first season with Orlando. Look out now. Here they come the other way. Nikita has Builder. Cuts it back. Look out. And coming across. And it will be the Canadian International in Delhi, and it's 2-0 Orlando. Gets Mueller into position where all he's got to do is just slide it across and Diallo's late coming from a deeper position. You can see Ekandeli on his shoulder. He just beats him to the spot. You might expect for some of his quality, Nani. I think he's allowed Ekandeli to get himself higher up the field and pressure those center backs. Patino. Oh, good punch away. Look up, coming up. And putting it away will be Will Johnson. Looking, 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 looking for revenge. All summer 16, all summer 16, playing dirty, not clean. Out front for a season, looking like a damn football team. All in the same thing, all rapping one thing, looking for revenge to do what you couldn't do. Tell- and welcome to another edition of Orlando Lions Dan podcast. This is, I guess, I'm hosting tonight. I was forced into it by Mr. Eddie over here. Um, I'm here with Eddie. We're once again. Go ahead, Eddie. What's up, everybody? It's good to be here. We have a special guest today. We're real excited There's for you guys to listen to hear from them. You see how he keeps doing this? That's what I do, he man. Jumps all over That's my stick. You tell me host, and then you don't let me do it when we get around to it. Right, I just I, I wanted I just don't want the responsibility and blame. That's all. Then we got uh, David Valentine once again. Thank you, guys. Uh, it's always an honor to be a guest in this, which I consider the number one podcast uh, for Orlando City. And shameless plug, just to remind everybody, I've been producing a Spanish language podcast. Get in there. Get in there. Uh, El Pocillo. Um, where I dedicate 30 minutes to an hour about our beloved club in Spanish. If you would like to add to the list of podcasts you already listened to, or you know somebody that will appreciate uh, some content in Spanish, uh, we can be found in all the applications uh, that you normally will uh, consume your podcast. And uh, we are in Twitter on Twitter at P O C I L L O underscore podcast. Thank I'm glad you. you spelled that because I had no idea. Of course. <laughs> All right, and we are joined today, filling in for for Mr. JJ and and Mr. Alex. Upgrades, if you ask me. But uh, filling in for them, we got we got uh, Dan. We got uh, Tom. I'm so sorry, Tom and Tom and Dan. We got, <laughs> Tom and Dan. <laughs> Tom and Dan. Tom and Dan in 50 years. Tom, we got Tom, Mr. Uh. Tom Tracks over here, and Jeff Racklin. How's it going, boys? Thank you for having us. Pleasure to be here. I don't know about the upgrade, though. 
Oh, yeah. It's no, like, no, those, 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 we're not worthy of those two, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, sponsors, Eddie, Mr. Sponsors. All right, we got Accurate Mortgage for our buddy Leo. We, we, up until today, we had three sponsors. The stadium had zero. But now it's balancing out a little bit. <laughs> Three to one. <laughs> we got Field Turf USA. Thanks for hooking us up always. We appreciate you. Big company. Take care of the little guys. And then we're not at Casey's today. So we're at the Oviedo Miller's L House. So shout out to Casey's for your hospitality. And shout out to the L House who let me plug this extension cord behind all their business. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, we're coming in after a nice little 3-0 revenge game against Montreal. They got what they deserved, finally. No Piotti. I told you he wouldn't score. He didn't play, but whatever. Um, how did you guys feel about the game? Well, well, in my opinion, uh, way overdue. Uh, probably the prettiest football that I've seen Orlando City play in nine seasons. Uh, completely unexpected. I, I expected us to lose, to be quite honest. Um, if I told you that I wasn't confident when um, Nani went to the spot to take that PK. I'll be lying to you. I was like, here we go again. Oh, but the balls went in. The sex balls, like our friend Derek calls them, went in into the net. And uh, I am super excited. But because we have such great guests today, I'm just going to say I'm glad we got the three points because what we have for you guys tonight is a treat. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was, trying to, I was trying to speed straight through this little recap. <laughs> trying to speed right through this little recap. Go ahead, Eddie. Look, this is um, – I feel like the team's been playing this well, and we got the kind of just rewards for it. Uh, the Galaxy, how many chances did we create? How many shots on goal? I feel like um, the team's been fairly solid out back. And and finally today, we, we, we took her – or against Montreal, we took her chances. It helps to start that with a PK. And I, I like Nani's approach. He, I thought the other two he missed, Cincy and the Galaxy, he kind of placed them, right? They were like perfect save height, right? They're like around the goalie's waist. And this time he just blasted it. You can't, you can't stop what you can't catch. So he was like, forget aiming. Like Jurgen Klinsmann used to say, he said, you just, I just hit as hard as I can. If I don't know where it's going, the goalie doesn't either. And I, it felt like he did that, which was great because that's a good way to set the scoring. And then from there, the next one where Higuita makes a steal, which is what we've been saying, is that he, he, takes, he gets turnovers high up the pitch. He got it. Nice ball to Mueller with a perfect pass to Tesho back post. That was just a good smart ball, um, smart run, and great play. And then the third, the third goal is probably the best goal we've seen in Orlando, maybe since the Eric Avila, Breck Shea header. Or, I don't know. We'll talk about that. I think that's maybe recency bias, but that might be my favorite. And 22 passes, build up, one-touch football. And then Will Johnson came out of nowhere with, like, the rocket, like, you know, super – I don't know he's got a metal plate in there, but that was a hell of a header. <laughs> so – and then and that, that came out of nowhere. I mean, it's Will Johnson. Nobody marked him because they're like, he's not going to do that, and he did. So I, I thought it was great, and I felt like we deserved it, and I felt like it was the first 90-minute comprehensive dominance we've kind of had all year. We've been waiting for that. We've had moments, but not 90 minutes like this. Yeah, I'll I'll have to add on a little Will Johnson. He's he's, he's working his way off of my little off of my little get off my team list. <laughs> so well, your Arya Stark I, I, list. Let me rephrase that. Not get off my team list, but you know, get out my eleven list. I should say. He's, he's working his way. He's working his way out of there. I like him. I like him with that pairing um, with the Gita and 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 Mendez. He's not having to do. We don't have to rely on him as much. And I don't know. If, it might actually be a after after seeing it. Maybe I just don't like him and Sasha together. 
just seems like you're asking a whole lot out of Sasha had see, has seen his better days. Uh, we wish him well in his retirement oh after this season. Uh, yeah, no, I'll tell you what. The, the fact is is that uh, Mendez played like all those Independiente del Valle fans have told me that he was going to be playing. Uh, surprise the heck out of me. Uh, Christian Higuita, as I said it before, the last of the Mohicans, uh, the guy played like he really wants to stay in Orlando. Uh, that was all great. Uh, we won a game, and you know what? Maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe we have finally arrived in MLS. But we will, we're going to find out because, again, the, the two Tigers that we're about to unleash on this podcast are, are going to be uh, throwing some knowledge. And I already have my notes. I already have the questions. And I think this fan base is tired of listening to the three of us. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we're gonna move this. We're gonna we're gonna move this over to to, to Tom and Jeff. And um, I just want to give want to give you guys a chance to give a little. Uh, I guess a what do, what do you want to call it? Not a history lesson, but more of a more of a your your view of 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 life inside because us as fans this, these are things we love to know we just don't have access to you guys had the privilege well depending on how you look at it you guys had the opportunity to to you know live on the inside and 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 see things see how things are done and and, and privy to a little more information than you know the common fan like us would, would see so um i just want to you guys give it like your your personal rundown of of, of basically your time, your time that was spent in in uh, the Orlando City office. Well, Just yeah, I think first you said it right. It was a privilege, mm-hmm. um, and you're you're you you are given um, an, an insight into things that that not many people get an insight into behind the curtain and, and know what's going on. What I can tell people what that's like is you when you when you think you understand from an outside perspective what's happening in a in any sports team it probably isn't that (laughs) there's so much that goes on inside of a dressing room inside of a club that that doesn't reach the outside but a lot of it sometimes doesn't have anything to do with a tactic or who starts or or it, it usually has a lot more to do with people's feelings you're, you're managing egos you really are um and and i've learned that from now my time at the sea wolves and um just being in other professional clubs uh the manager's role is is so important but it's it's personalities and egos and um so when you, you think it's something it, it there's all kinds of things that we all don't know so when you look at a club across the world and you think something's wrong and it's he's not playing this guy that guy it's probably a lot deeper than that but it is a privilege i think jeff would agree it's a privilege and honor to be allowed that kind of access and trusted with that information because we well on my case i do have a big mouth so i i (laughs) might tend to say things that you know i shouldn't but they did trust me with some things and i i hope i'm still i still always will have their trust although sometimes i think i betray it a little bit it's funny you say trust i always go back to the, the meet the parents movie with, with Robert De Niro and the circle of trust, right? And we, I felt from, the, the, from day one, at least in MLS, uh, and I go back to 2011 when Adrian Heath and everybody started, the, I was always welcome at training as a journalist uh, and had that privilege in seeing the inside and how that whole process was, was built. I was at the first game uh, and all these little milestones. But I remember 
what Adrian told me when I was officially hired away from Bright House Sports Network as, as the, uh, the official play-by-play voice of Orlando City is that you're no longer a journalist. You're a propagandist. So basically oh, wow. at this point, <laughs> I love you're doing our bidding. So there is a narrative and a story you're spinning and selling. That's part of it. But I think Tom has learned, uh, especially, and has taught me, that there's a way you can toe the line. The key is being honest with your with your audience, in this case, the supporters and the viewers. Uh, uh, Tom is a maestro at that, um, and I've constantly taken lessons on that. Um, so finding that balance of being a voice, because we're fans, too. I mean, I think first and foremost, yeah, sure. I'll tell anybody and with my eight years in the club. Yeah, I mean, so we take losses just as tough as you guys do. Nothing leaving a, a TV studio or leaving that stadium booth after getting giving up a goal in the 90th minute and losing a game you wanted to win, it ruins the rear weekend, too. So, or giving um, up six in Philadelphia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, to end the season. That that was the fateful day, Tom, right? But but you look at those things. There's a few. There's that. There's the Dallas game in uh, 2015. Yeah, go back and watch some YouTube video of that. Oh, we we know what that was. Uh, Anybody wants an insight of that? I'll let you know. Adrian's you last game. Talk about that. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know. I was, I, I, I wasn't thinking that, that one. Game was 100 coming up, so you could. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought about that. Cleon, that's what Cleon's here for. He got on the ledger. They, they, they sure no, like no, no, quit. they quit. That that is a classic. I will tell you right now. That's a classic case in point of players can get a manager fired. Yeah, yeah. we're talking 2016. This was the it game. That, the, this was like his last game on the road. This is like when Chelsea wanted to get rid of Mourinho, and then when they brought the new guy, they all of a sudden got good. You watch the highlights of that, and you tell me that David Mateos did not just let the runner go right by him and let two of those goals go in. Oh, no, no, chocolate. Chocolate. I call it that because (laughs) if if he was chocolate, he loves himself so much he'd eat himself. And that was one of his teammates that coined that name, by the way, chocolate. But he really isn't that great a player. And he never played for Real Madrid, by the way. He played as many games for the Real Madrid first team as (laughs) any of us did. Gentlemen, I I have to tell you you this because – I, I have my notes. I'm jumping all over. Uh, Tom, you brought something that I said in this podcast, the 2017. I don't want to call it a rant because it was exactly what us, the fans, uh, felt. And I felt, and I get emotional sometimes thinking about it because you said the truth, right? You you That's told out this fan base that we got clubber, six goals in Philadelphia last game of the season, a season that where we were number one in the league and then now we were at the bottom. And not only you, but Luis Neal and Miguel Gallardo, uh, pretty much Paul Shaw, everybody expressed their feelings in that last podcast. I find it interesting that come 2018, you're missing and Luis is missing. Did that? Did, what happened that you guys were no longer part of the part of the crew? Well, I, I mean, I'll I'll tell you the truth, um, and the, the truth of the matter is, it comes down to budget, really, and that's why today's announcement for the club was was huge for the club. Very and, big. And I uh, I congratulate the club. I congratulate Alex for for getting this done. It's an important thing for the club. And I know I've read a lot of stuff where it, it you know they're kind of people are taking exception to the name. Um, but you know what? There, there's been some names across arenas and venues that are just not sexy. I mean, what was the one in Tampa? The one to ask Gary. I mean, you know. So, I, I mean, you know. So I, I kind of like what I like more is this is important money for the club that they can use to improve many areas, and it's needed money. It, it's been an important piece. So, congratulations to the club, to Alex for for getting that done. It's important. Um, 
But you, you know, when you ask why, it, it really comes down to, to money. Now, in my case, and I'll tell you, I was, um, of course, I was coaching the Seawolves at the time, so there was no way I was going to make the beginning of the season. We didn't wrap up till mid-April. Season starts first week of March, um, and I, I was offered to. They were going to wait, and I was offered to come back to to do play-by-play on the radio. And I, I'll be honest, that's just not where I feel I do the best job. I don't think that's that's not that's not. I'm not a play-by-play guy. I'm, I'm an analyst, so I declined. Um, and I that that's I declined because I, I didn't feel I could be at my best doing that. And if I'm going to do something for Orlando City, I'm always going to do my very very best. And so now Jeff is a whole other case in point that I'll let him discuss. Um, but uh, honestly, it, it comes down to budget, really. Yeah, and when I've told people when I've talked with them, it's money and politics. And th- sure, certainly, I had a. Uh, you know, I had a statement when it happens, and it's very, very depressing when you've been with the club that that long. I mean, t- t- you're really, really honest and open about it. Some people say, "Well, you're just disgruntled." Yes, <laughs> I mean, not with uh, not with the entire club, with a couple of people that we I felt at the time made a poor decision that was really unnecessary. So, um, but budget, I do know, as Tom said, I think had a huge factor in that. There was coverage there. You've got. Uh, a guy like Miguel Gallardo, who's really blossoming and coming into his own, who can carry a broadcast now. Guys like Tom and me are, are a little more expendable. Uh, and I think you take it back to when, when Lewis was left off the team last year. That's when I think we all knew that your days could be numbered. You know, So um, that's, that's the television and, and radio business in a nutshell. Uh, be on every broadcast like it's your last. And uh, in the end, of, at the end of things, I'm grateful for the – the, the eight years that I had, and there are a lot of brilliant people inside the club still. That content team is the best in the league, in my opinion. The, the communications department, uh, just fantastic and working and, and making those uh, connections with the, the, the media, national and local. Uh, a lot of people in that front office, past and present. Uh, I've never been blessed uh, more to have been associated. Now, I've never really worked in the front office. I've always been a, a contract employee as Tom. So we've never really been front office employees, so we didn't have established those relationships, uh, unfortunately, uh, at least not inside. But the, the ones that we did make and the people that have moved on, I share um, – I'm in good company. There are a lot of people who have left for either through their own volition or uh, for they were pushed out that are really, really talented and doing bigger and better things now. And I just I'm, I'm a part of I'm part of that big group. So, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's still weird not watching a game on TV and not being the one there. But uh, that, that's that's just the way of the world right now. So I, I've as I said, I think the first day I, I wish everybody that, that, that is still there. Uh, the best, and I, I do want the best product for Orlando City fans. That is the most important thing in my mind. That's awesome, and I wanted to kind of state that when you guys had those moments of pure reactions, mm-hmm. I think the the fans really appreciate you guys because it was the same reaction we had. You guys towed the line, and you, you could if you you pay attention, you could you could kind of hear right, like what, what were they thinking, or what, what was that, or perhaps the, yeah. the shape was wrong, or perhaps the tactics were wrong, right? That'll come through, but when when you guys felt that, those losses, like the New England one, remember, the phantom handball with Saranda Carrasco. <laughs> and the one where we had, like, four minutes of extra time turned into, like, eight, and then we oh, lose. Man. You know, like, all of those like that. And then, of course, the Adrian Winter, the, the draw against the, the opener. All of those moments you guys felt, we felt. And then when you had the moment, 
there where which got you, you know, which they weren't happy with, Tom. I don't think anybody at home was nodding like, no. Everybody was like, yes, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. And, and, it, and it hurt. And it, it's almost like I don't know if they felt they had to do something. But, but it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to hear those things. So we, we appreciate that. And I think the way to, with the stadium name today, like you guys talked about, stadiums are named all kinds of stuff. I'm a 49ers fan. And the old stadium was Candlestick Park. I don't care if it was 3, 3.com or the place, you know, sure. Go Field at, you know, San Francisco Sourdough Bread, whatever. No, everyone called it <laughs> Candlestick, right? So I, I still think Orlando Season Stadium probably will still be called that. But it like, it's almost like you have to earn it, right? The stadium after a while will be called Exploria, I guess. But the same thing goes with, like, the voice of Orlando City. You know, not that anyone's doing a bad job now. There's still good talent, but... For, to all of us, you guys are still the voice of Orlando City. I think I can say that yeah, on behalf true. of everyone. Uh, that's, that's, Thank you very that's much. That's all we can ever ask for. Um, it's Somebody posted something the other day, and um, I think they said something, something along very similar lines that, um, that, you know, our voice and being attached to the very first years. And I said it will always be something that I, was a, an honor and something we were privileged to do, and I'll always look at it like that. Um, for me, uh, the the biggest relationship that I could ever have is with the supporters of this club because they're the most brilliant supporters in MLS. I mean, there are some great supporter groups around the league. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, Portland's got something really good in Portland. Um, you know, but once you start getting Seattle, of course, has a very big, broad supporter base. But Orlando City just had something for me that was – that was unique, and I've only ever seen one other time. Um, and I was, it was a kid. And I, now, forgive me because I'm gonna. This is way back, so I'm gonna say this is 1975. Okay, so Orlando City was not a thought. I mean, Orlando City was was uh, Orlando was just Walt Disney World then. So, um, and I grew up in Tampa, and um, so I, I was there when the Rowdies came to be in NASL, um, and it was the only professionally going. But to watch the city of Tampa fall in love with the Tampa Bay Rowdies, I mean, their players eclipsed the Buccaneers. They were more popular than them. Um, they won. They were entertaining. Everybody wore green and gold. They had the slogans on their back. And I didn't think I'd ever see that again. So when I was here in Orlando and, and you saw in USL and you, you watched this momentum grow and this, this fan base, the supporter base get bigger and bigger, I said, I, I'm lucky enough I get to witness this for a second time to watch a city fall in love with with its team and it it still gives me goosebumps to 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 think about so to say i was and and to do it alongside jeff couldn't be any more special but you know to to say i was a part of that is just something our our friendship doesn't exist or happen without orlando city i mean so there's so many offshoots of this relationship and i think eddie you hit on honesty we owed it and and Look, I wasn't really necessarily the opinion guy. I was kind of like the X's and O's, the, the, the traffic cop guy of the broadcast. But honest, you have to be honest, honest when you're describing what you just saw because the fans are going to see right through it and exactly. think you're just a homer. You know, So uh, if you're not honest, they're not going they're, they're to buy into what you're saying. And I always so. thought there was a way, yeah. not that I just did it with David Mateus, but um, I, I – <laughs> But I don't have to now. The bus I'm not in a broadcast anymore, so I'm not in an official capacity. Um, but I always <laughs> thought there was a way that you could be honest without condemning anybody. And I never wanted to condemn a player, a coach, a, 
you know, I, I might say that it is a group. Yeah, you know, I might say that wasn't a great performance out of this player. That player would want this back. He knows he can do better. You know, but I, I never wanted to condemn. I wanted to be honest, but not condemning. One thing I wanted to say to you guys, and I'm gonna I'm gonna preface. Uh, I gotta give you guys a small story. Um, in 2015, at United World, so- World Soccer, there was the the signing. Uh, I believe it was Luke Bowden, uh, uh, Harrison Heath, uh, Rafa Ramos, uh, Relin Collin, and um, Mr. Uh, God Breck Shea. Breck Shea, thank you. Yep. And I got there. And I was super excited because it was the first time that I was actually going to be able to see these guys in person. And I get there, and the line is basically wrapping around the whole place, the whole floor of the mall. And I get there. It was 6.30 to 8.30, and I get there at 6.28. And my wife says, hey, maybe we should walk around and wait for the line to go down. I said, no, no, let's stand here. And six people behind us, uh, they capped the line. And at that moment, we wait, we wait, we wait, and then... Tom comes out with a couple of the employees, and I see you, and I say out loud, oh, my God, it's Tom Traxler. <laughs> and the 80 people around me go, who? It's like the Beatles. <laughs> That's what I would expect. Right. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm like, you know, Tom Traxler, the guy with, with Jeff, you know, and, and people were like, who's Jeff? And I tried to explain that to them, <laughs> and, and they were like, well, we, we came in. In, in MLS, you know, when they came into MLS, I said, "You realize the team is four years old," and they're like, "Really?" And I, I just, I just felt so incredibly unique at that point because I'm surrounded by, by maybe five thousand fans, and none of them knew the team existed before. Well, to make a long story short, uh, the players came out. I got my ball sign, a picture, and everything, and I was so excited by the experience. I went into the store trying to get your your autograph. And I get to I get there. I I, I bought a my first Orlando City uh, jersey in the MLS era, ten percent discount. Thank you, Tom. No problem. And then, <laughs> and then I'm paying, and I'm telling the the girl at the register, "Is Tom available?" She's like, "Why do you want to talk to my boss?" I said, "You know, he, Tom is is, is he, he does the, the color service. commentary, and, uh, and he's with Tom and Dan on the soccer cast." She did not know. She said, like, "Listen, all I know is Tom coaches Winter Park." <laughs> and 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 that that is uh, fifty seven dollars. Give me some money, and that was the end of that. And Perfect. I left so incredibly disappointed. Oh, no. But the thing that disappointed me the most was the fact that nobody knew who you guys were. Uh, it's all right. No, that, it's okay. Look, look, nobody should. I mean, honestly, it's great. But it, it, the story is the players. It's the no, team. No. It's the you know. That's that's what you want people talking about. We're, we're just lucky enough that that we get to talk to. A, a great group of people that we have an, an absolute tremendous amount of respect and get, for. We're inside that curtain, yeah. You know, and that, that's the, that's the big privilege. Uh, uh, good story, David. I like that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to say you talked about how Adrian told you you have to be a bit of a propagandist, yeah. but to be an effective propagandist, I don't know why. No, this. I don't guess. say anything bad about. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah. Well, you, you have to have like an element of truth. Like, you have to say what's sure. obvious, and then you kind of exaggerate a little bit. And, you know, all in all propaganda, right? You, yes. So so you, I thought you guys did that well, where if you just ignore, like, you know, the hotel's letting somebody go by and oh, be like, you know what? I'm We're still in it. It's 4-0 with 10 no, minutes, you know? No, then no. that's not propaganda. No, that's being no, a homer. No, and in all fairness, and right now I'm doing games for Las Vegas uh, yeah. in USL, and Eric Winald is the head coach. I was yeah. showing Tom when we were getting set up here. He texts me lineups 
uh, what his thoughts are after the war. You know, you're in that circle of trust that we talked about yeah. earlier. Um, propaganda means you, you go out. I would always tell whether it was James or, or, or Inchi or whoever. We're here to, if, if there's messages you need to get out. Yeah. Use us as your as your sounding board, so you don't have to be the one to to, to say the controversial thing. Yeah. You know. So uh, again, in my my position, I'm a play by play guy. In most cases, I'm I'm just calling the nuts and bolts. It's these guys that have to take the risks. Mm. Guys like Tom and Miguel and, and Lewis. So so what do you want to know? This is all nice. Yeah, this is all way too nice. That was that was my transition. So much more stuff yep. we can get that into. was my transition. So oh, from, yes. from propaganda, right? It's uh-huh. element of truth. So let's get to the other side mm-hmm. of that, right? Yeah. My perception from, and I really got into like Orlando City machinations when, when they they tried to, to change GMs and there was a whole kerfuffle. It just seemed dysfunctional, right? Kerfuffle. Yeah. So my impression is not not to kind of revisit that, but my impression was there were people who were doing jobs that they probably weren't qualified for. That was that, weird. That, that whole thing. That, that whole thing. Just just because after that, Phil Rollins was kind of the de facto GM with Adrian Heath, right? And then when Paul McDonough left, and then Nicky Budelic. So is that impression off? That, no. There's yeah. a lot of moving parts in it. I think it was set in motion before that when, when Brett moved on right into that first MLS year. I think that, that, that had yeah. a, a profound Brett effect Lashbrook, of what happened. Yeah. Who, who, helped, who was brought in to help bring the club to MLS. And a guy, I've never met a guy work yeah, that was harder. The first domino there. I have never met a guy work harder than Brett Lashbrook. That guy, he lived to work. He lived in that office. I mean, he was there Saturday, Sunday, all the time. I mean, that talk um, seriously. That that guy could outwork anybody. I think I you could imagine. Um, but you you ask if you're wrong. No, you're not wrong. All of what has happened has come from just and again, it's just come from neither bad decision, knee jerk decision, time and time and time and time and time again. And and, and that's why this team this club is on the field in the situation they're in now i think finally they're starting to to try to sort through the 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 weeds here and 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 get themselves sorted out and i hope that the club just takes a deep breath and allows it to happen regardless of how this season plays out and i've told everybody may not be a winning season don't expect it you you can't wave a magic wand at a bad group of players and expect it suddenly to to start winning because you changed the coach that doesn't happen so if if they can let james and, and luis and by the way i think i think luis is probably is the closest thing to a gm true gm that this club's ever had and and so let those guys give them time and, and let them get through the season. There's going to be cap space open up, so this team's going to change a lot coming into next season. But I think that's when you'll start to see things solidify. Those are the groups of players that will come in that will start to change this team for the better. And I'll say this. Give Alex and his staff credit. You're bringing in a guy like James O'Connor and then Louise Muzzy. They're starting to figure it out a little bit and step out, step aside a little bit and let those things go. So I give them credit for, for recognizing, hey, things weren't working the way we were doing it before. Let's just hope it continues on that path. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, of stepping aside and letting things go, um, <laughs> as fans, you hear a lot, and, and, and um, there's a lot of assumptions and, and this or whatever. Going back to, like, let's say the end of our first season, there was a whole lot going on. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fans – think Alex is the one making all the decisions as far as players and and basically everything. 
Um, and Phil was basically handicapped as far as, uh, you know, just kind of held hostage until he decided to leave. Um, as someone on the inside, what you what would you say about that whole situation with the Carnera and the McDonough and, and I, that? I can I can honestly tell you that Alex didn't have anything to do anything to do with letting Adrian Heath go. That was Phil Rollins, and that's what he said. <laughs> Oops, he didn't. Alex <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with that. Yeah, he's told us that too as well. Um, you know, so and I, I I think it was a mistake. I mean. It, in a way, I think it was a mistake, in a way, to let Jason go. Um, because you, you, you've never let anything get finished. Mm-hmm. You, you know, when you start your first year in MLS, and, and, you know, Atlanta, let's face it, Atlanta United had a massive head start. A massive head start. They brought in Tata, who, has, who is a name, who knows a lot of players, a lot of people. And don't think, I love Paul McDonough, but Paul Darren McDonough. Eels. And Darren Paul McDonough didn't didn't bring in the heavy hitters. He Thank you. He didn't bring in the Al Marones. He didn't, <laughs> no. Paul McDonough brought and in Boca the Negros there too, right? Yeah, but he uh, no. That's Carlo, Tata. Carlos didn't know. <laughs> Tata Tata brought in the Al Marones and the yes. Jabas and the, that's Tata. That's not no. You know Paul McDonough brought in the Mike Michael Parhars. He brings in. Yeah. He brings I can literally guys. point at the roster and see yeah. the ones he brought in. And Ambrose that, and that kind uh, of money. The left back out yeah. of England. Yeah. The, what, Garza. What was, uh, Garza. No, uh, not Garza. I'm talking about. Uh, he, he changed teams. He, he's at well, DC Garza now. Garza is at Cincinnati now. The yeah, one that's no, at DC no, now. He one, came, came over from England. Yeah. Or guys like McCann. 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 Those guys trace it to agents to look into that a little bit. Yeah. So. But they had a massive head start. So when you start, and why I say that is because Adrian didn't have that to start this team. Mm. You're starting with a lot of guys that teams didn't want, by and large. I and mean, I'm not saying Kaká, of course, and you know maybe maybe not a Breck Shea, but I think I think it's proven out with Breck Shea. He's limited. I mean, when you look at him now and you look at the career that he's had since leaving, it's not been that fantastic. So that team was going to have to be revamped, and Adrian knew that. Um, I will never, ever forget finishing a coach's show. And Adrian and I, the, the best part about the coach's show was the after coach's show. <laughs> Drinking with coach. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Sessions. Let me just tell you. We would then go to the bar and we would shut the place down. But that does not mean that anybody was, like, inebriated or anything else. We want. We had, he, he enjoyed having his few glasses of wine. Everybody was perfectly, you know, within their wits. But it was great because Adrian's an open book. He would do it with with anybody sitting here. Mm -hmm. He didn't care. And he'd bring you in as if you were equals. He'd talk to you. That was the beauty of of one of the beauties of Adrian Heath. Um, But I'll never forget afterward, he he told me, he goes, I won't be here very long. Wow. He he knew. He knew. He knew what was going on. And we talked. And and here's what I said. You can go back to Tom and Dan years ago. And I said, if they get rid of you, What's going to happen is they're going to start on a succession of managers and this nice, new, beautiful, shiny stadium they have that they fill will no longer be full. It'll be half full. And I hate to say it, but it's exactly what's happened because you, you, you have to, you have to stick with a manager. You do, you have to let this, their kind of vision for it play out. And there's at least a three to five year vision, but Adrian didn't get three years. And if you'd have left him three years, You'd have been in the playoffs. I mean, if you look at the year he left, how far out of the playoffs were they at that point? Seventh. Yeah. And and 
they were still scoring goals. So some of those draws look pretty nice compared to what came after he left. Oh yeah, which were a lot of losses. Because then you get then you get Jason in, and Jason wants to play a different way. But those players don't fit people. Jason's way of playing. So now Jason has to go in and revamp the roster. So in the middle of his revamp, you go pull the plug again. Now James comes in. James is going to play different than than Adrian did, than Jason did. So now you got Jason's players after he's starting to get it shaped up, even though the results weren't there. I understand why they let him go. But now James is going to have to do the same thing. And then you got a GM in there. And now you got to hope that the GM and the head coach see things eye to eye. Because if you have a GM come in and say, I think we need a left-sided midfielder, and the head coach goes, no, I think we need, and this is all hypothetical, by the way, I'm not saying these are positions they need. But the coach says they need one thing, the GM says they need another thing. Who's pulling in the player? Well, probably the GM. So now you got a situation where two guys aren't seeing eye to eye, but the GM doesn't coach the team. So it, it can be problematic. So hopefully this relationship between James and Luis is 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 good that they see eye to eye. It, it has to be. They have to be almost like-minded for, for that to work really, really well. So, man, I, I want to ask you about that. I, I was a loyal listener of that show. I know uh, it has been resurrected in Minnesota. Uh, our friend uh, Jamie Watson uh, is it's doing it up there. With, uh, with with Adrian, I loved Inchi. Inchi to me, I, I learned so much from this show. Uh, a lot of people when they come to Orlando City, they say, "Oh, this fan base is so knowledgeable." Well, why? Because we had this man with Tom and Dan with you on Tuesdays, seven 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 o'clock. Right? Jeff with Jeff Harry right, Buffalo all the yep. time. And the the thing is, I learned so much from him. To me, it was a mistake to fire him. I will die on, on, on that hill. And I have to say, I'll tell you something. Um, two years ago, uh, it's a long story, but I, I will give you the, 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 the gist of it. Um, the team banned me on Twitter. Right? They blocked me. <laughs> and for, for something that I said, I should and whatever. Point is, uh, I, I was upset about it. And Flavio called me on the phone. Right? Ooh, I, yeah. I never heard that last Okay, well, yeah. Very good. We'll, we'll talk about it after. Uh, <laughs> I just get a message at 1130 at night, and it says, David, this is Flavio. Can we talk? Send me your number. Yeah. And he called me, and we spent 24 minutes on the phone. And what he had told me was just what you said. I'm glad you said it, that, that basically Adrian was fired by a person that was revered by a lot of people. So that said... Uh, Phil fired him, and he told me that he he made the decision to fire Jason Christ because he felt that the team was going in a different direction. And as a matter of fact, he told me that there was a two million dollar uh, penalty on the on firing him. So they decided to let him go. That Jason Christ was I mean I'm sorry that James O'Connor was his guy. I like James as a player. What he did in Louisville was great. The the, what I'm trying to say is I see how Minnesota is progressing without without the Kakas, without the super talent that we quote-unquote had. In year three of a three-year plan. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Sound familiar? So to me, it, it was backstabbing the fan base that was there, that, will, that bought into the idea that we were going to be great. But the past two seasons have been horrific. I didn't mean to cut you off, David. I would just want to talk about when we fired Adrian Heath, it looked like the club kind of quit on him. So what do you do 
I mean, the team quit on him. What do you do in that case? If if you want to give him a, even if you wanted to give him a three-year plan, well, what do you do if the team is is doing that? How do you how do you get rid of the players? How do you fix that in the middle of the season when you're in? Well, Cincinnati just went of, through this, right? Alan Koch, what ten games into his yeah. MLS debut, yeah, and that was a, but a the word is he lost GM, his right? he lost his locker room, and that was yeah, a GM who stepped down who shouldn't have been a GM, right? Now they're getting a real GM, kind of yeah. like what we had. So, like, well, what do you do when when FC Dallas? And when I, that I, happens, I, we're only one spot off. I, I do. I do want to say I, I've always felt kind of bad for Nicky Budlich in a way that he was promoted into a job he, he wasn't ready for. He was put there. He he took it, but he wasn't ready for it. Now I will say he probably didn't do any, himself any favors in it. I don't think he developed in the role very well, which he should have learned, and he might have learned something from it now, but. It probably, in my estimation, never should have been in that role to begin with. I mean, it was he was just out of his depth to go into that role when he did. Well, um, so in regards to like what, the Nicky Budlich, um, so if it was he, he, I mean, if he was fired by Rawlings, right? Mm, yes. What um, at that time? So, what, so you want to know what, what, what was the alternative? Like, what would you do? Like, if 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 even if you wanted to give him a three-year plan, you're asking me if I'm the owner, what I do? Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. At that point. What happened during that game? I know you have some insight about that, that, that everybody could tell the team looked like they quit. And what do you do then? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, what, I'll tell you what I know. I, I, yeah. know that, I know that Adrian wanted certain players out of that team. That was conveyed in a meeting. And somehow that word got back into the dressing room. Mm. And the players, the ones that he wanted out, found out about it. When that happens, you stop playing for the manager. Now, if I'm the, if I'm, if, if, I never will, but so this is all hypothetical what I do, but I can tell you my feelings on the matter. I'd walk into my group of players and go, this is my head coach. You want to tank the season? Fine, but I'll get rid of all of you before I get rid of him. I'll re-sign players. I, I, you can't let a group of players run your establishment. You, you know, It's kind of like, I'm not saying the inmates running the asylum, but you just don't let that happen. And, and if you look, and I've said this, if you look across sports business anywhere you want to go consistent leadership at the top leads to success just look at any look at any dominant look at look at any domination in sports across the board you'll probably find out that the coach has been there a long time more than i mean i'm not saying it's every time but i guarantee it's probably nine point converse out of ten Toronto FC came into the league in 2007. It took them nine years to make the playoffs. What was the co- common theme? They changed their coach almost every year. Yeah. You can't do that. And they finally got it right by leaving people in place. Now, granted, they also had a huge budget so I, in bringing in Javinko. I, I pray, I pray the they leave James O'Connor. Yeah. He is the right guy. I'm telling you now, he's the right guy. Well, How was the James O'Connor? Sorry, Clan. The James O'Connor signing in the first place, there was a lot of talk about him not being the first choice. That Caleb Porter rejected the job, and it was the second. Third choice is this like accidental genius kind of move? What I, we, what I do know, and I credit I mean, Flavio. Coach. I credit Flavio. I've heard that Flavio loved him, yeah, and still does. And and I I credit Flavio for hiring him because he's going to prove him right. Yeah. If you leave him be, and you and you give him, and you just don't put obstacles in front of him yeah. and let him assemble this team. I'm telling you, by the time you get toward the end of this season, whatever you get is whatever you get. But I. I would expect, I would expect results like you saw against LA at home, where you play well and you lose. There might be some games where they play really poorly and lose. There's going to be games where they play well and win. This team's got all sorts of results piled up in them. 
it's it, but it's a hodgepodge. There's players that he will. I guarantee you, James will make changes on, but they can't move him yet. But they can move him at the end of the season. So this next off season is is, is a critical critical time for the club and, it, and it's growing success. But if you leave him in place, he'll deliver you playoffs. Okay, cool. I I I think the results and the way the team is playing is just showing that. Yeah, for sure. Now my question is it, it, that Muzi was hired after him, yeah. right? And just like we're seeing with the OCB transition. Right, we we, we go academy. and make a deal, which I know Flavio had a lot to do with mm-hmm. the academy. I know that was a lot of his say, and then we just kind of it seems like I know for a fact that not everybody in the front office was on board with it. This is kind of Flavio, and it seems like he kind of chooses when to yield his power and when not to. And then I think essentially my opinion is the front office just thought this was a short term fix until the Osceola County thing got got going, but. But that's not what was conveyed to the Mount Ver folks, in my opinion. So, so my point is, when you hire somebody after something's in motion, that person could just kneecap it and end it shortly, which is what happened with the yeah. DA relationship. So, how how you know is Muzi and James O'Connor is it a thing? Is it a duo, or, or is Muzi is Muzi going to say I'm not going to stake my reputation on a coach adding hire? Once results aren't going that way, and bring his guy in like he did for the academy. This well, situation happens across all sports all the time. That's the big question, and that's why I said a, a GM coach relationship. G, to me, to me, GMs don't work. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the GM model. I personally, I think you're you let the cook pick his ingredients. If Bill you want Parcells. The, yeah, if you want the best dish, you let the cook pick his ingredients because he's he's going to make the dish. I, I would I would give James support in the way of an assistant GM, but my coach is my GM. You here's your budget. You bring in whoever you need, and if you have to go outside that budget, then you need to come talk. We need to figure out why, and you need to you need to justify that. But you let you let you let your cook pick the ingredients. That's that's my opinion, because I can just see GMs getting in the way. Yeah, speaking of GMs getting in the way, I want to play a little game called "I Heard a Rumor." <laughs> okay, I heard a rumor that at the beginning of this off se- at the beginning of this off season, a certain player. Uh, was actually told that he was out of the plans for uh, the next uh, coming year, not necessarily because of play, but you know, um, just decided just too expensive and going a different direction. And then uh, I, the rumor goes that this player had a had a clause in his contract, unbeknownst to the coach. Is this rumor true? You're talking about Will Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> ding ding ding. Yes. Ding. Yeah, I mean that's basically they had there was a I know there was a meeting and um, they said that just that that you know it doesn't fit in the plans and they're going to move on and I think Will knew there was a trigger clause in his contract and he got a hold of his agent that came to be and then they had to tell James that you know by the way you've you've started me in X number of games which means my I'm I'm automatically renewed and the the options triggered and. That changed a lot of stuff in this club, and and to me, the fact that that wasn't known going into that meeting—that's insane to me. Well, that goes back to, you know, people being in jobs that that they probably weren't ready for. What did Taylor Twelman say? There was no synergy between the front office and the technical staff mm-hmm. from the top of the club to the bottom, and that's right that's where that, that was. Yeah. yeah so. Do you guys know how, like how, by how many games he, he he like triggered that clause? The last one. One. The last one. You know what the funniest part about that remember is? Remember, he paid like six was, defensive it midfielders. The, it was the Red Bulls game. The funniest was, part about that oh is gosh. is 
and players know this. Like I, I've I've known like a, a few ba- professional basketball players, and you know, top play, players that have, have con- clauses like this in their contract, they know what's in their contract when it comes to uh, incentive clauses and things like that. The funniest thing to me is <laughs> Will. No matter what happened to Will, Will wasn't missing a star for nothing. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. The very next game after the twenty six. Right, uh, it was it was like uh, during warmers. Uh, James was going to trot him out there again, and it was like, oh, I pulled something or whatever, and he took himself out the last game. He's like, he knew he didn't need it. Wow! And remember, <laughs> we, there was lineups where we had like six defensive midfielders, and Will was like right winger. I was like, just put him at keeper. You know, and Will the, was like, I'll go wherever you want because he knew that clause yeah. was coming. And 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 we were saying like uh, he wasn't this year. He's played well. He's deserving his spot last year he really did it remember I, I don't know how he wasn't benched after that dc debacle yeah. and if he would have oh. benched him at the, against that dc the game after the, the clause would never been triggered but that's pretty freaking hilarious yeah. if you ask me. I, I that that is something i i don't think i could ever unsee in my my mind <laughs> oh wow. and our view of it was well yeah i through I, a I, streaky rainy field. window in audi field well, actually mine at the time i was pitch side waiting that's right that you was were right on the, the field and i was just calling it to yeah. do the interview and and I was watching this, and I'm, I'm almost yelling, play the ball, play the ball, play the ball. <laughs> Just kick it anywhere. And I s- shouted ex- expletives, and I went, Jesus Christ, this didn't just happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, though, what you see out of Will is what you get, though. I mean, I will tell you, the guy will he'll, – he'll give you 100% every time he goes out. He buys into the, he buys into the narrative of the coach. Um, so, he, you know – and he, and he, played, he played right back last year, and he did a good job at right back, actually. Yeah. Um, but that's just that's kind of who he is. I mean, that's kind of the guy in a nutshell that he he'll provides, give you. He provides coverage, though. Yeah. He's a good locker room guy, and he yeah. gives you everything that, he, that he's possibly got to give. Um, so, so I liked him. But, yeah, it was, it was the, the last game that actually <laughs> that did the Two-part question for you guys. When I spoke with Flavio, he seems like a very passionate guy. Hmm. Uh, he basically told me I delegated into people that failed me. That, that was his words. Um, now there's rumors that by 2022 he may be selling the club. A lot of people hope that this means oil money flowing into Orlando City. <laughs> Tommy, you gonna buy? <laughs> well, United World Soccer. Owners. I bid for those naming rights. I thought I had it. <laughs> I did. I thought I had it. Fell just United short. World Soccer Stadium. Uh, that wouldn't have been bad, by the way. Uh, actually, no, it, 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 it has a nice ring. Yeah, to I it. like that. I was, I was probably a few zeros off. Um, <laughs> a few, few. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it at that, Jeff. Infinity. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, uh, I like Flavio personally. I, I wish, I, I just wish he was here more. I wish mm-hmm. he was the man in that building, really day to day running the operation. I have a lot of respect for Flavio. I have a lot of respect for where he came from, how he built his wealth. Um, the fact that he would you know, pick up the phone and call you. Not every owner is going to do that. Um, I, 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 so I, I really have nothing ever uh, you know, to, the, to the derogatory to say about Flavio. I just, I just don't. I just wish that he was here more. Um, I, never, I would say in my opinion, I never thought he was a legacy guy. I didn't think he bought this to pass it on to his family and keep it for generations mm-hmm. i i always thought he's a businessman this is an investment for him and as long as, as the Phil. 
as long as the investment stays strong, then he's good. And, and there would be a price in which a businessman is going to want to get out. I understand it. And he might have other plans for his life. And if he wants to, I think I read, like everybody else did, that he wants to go into philanthropy. He's a great guy to go into philanthropy. I think he's sincere and genuine. So um, he's always been that way with me every time I've gotten the chance to, to speak with him. So oh, Absolutely. And, you know, uh, Flavio and I come from the same background. You know, I, I have said it in my podcast and I have said it here. I come from poverty. I joined the Navy just as a leg up to to do big mm-hmm. things. And uh, I went to college thanks to that and all that. And, and one of the things that I always remember that he said that really touched me was the fact that he said when they asked him, how does it feel to build this stadium? He's like, I've built stadiums before. When I was a kid, we used to build stadiums in the streets. And when he said that, it really touched me because who here – you know, played. You did not play in the street with your with their friends, and and we're won World Series and World Cups and all that. Um, I I just think that a lot of people, and I want I want to get your opinion on this, guys. Mm. Um, a lot of people are upset that this club was built by the fan base. We went out there, we stood in line to convince the county commission that they should support this club. The governor, we, we call people, call politicians on the phone, all that. We did all that. And we felt, or I, I think most of us feel, that when a team like Atlanta comes in, a fan base that we feel that does not deserve what they have, they're just lucky enough they are in a city with a winning team, and they attack us on social media, and they clown us and this and that and the other, I think a lot of us feel that this club never took that threat to our pride, uh, seriously. What do you guys think about that? Here we go. I would. Here's. I really don't care about Atlanta. Um, I really don't. They can troll all they want. Um, you know, the term plastic is is thrown about. And this is why I say Orlando City and its supporters are different. And this is why I've always said I'm not sure. Sometimes people understand what they have. I would rather stand side by side with the people in that wall than stand beside any other person from a fan base anywhere in this league. So I don't care what Atlanta has to say because, to me, it's about the camaraderie in in those terraces. It's about being in the wall, regardless of whether the team's winning, losing, drawing, and and all that's going to happen. There's... In the future of this club, there's going to be good seasons. There's going to be bad seasons. There's going to be okay seasons. But the one thing, and I've said this, Jeff and I are going to go. Whoever's announcing eventually is going to go. Owners change. Coaches change. Players change. Everything, the people who clean the, the, the bathrooms, the people who sell the hot dogs, all that's going to change. But you guys and, and the fan base, the supporter base, that's always going to be there. That's why I say who really owns a club, they do because they're never going to change. And Orlando City will have that, and that group is always going to be faithful. And I'd rather stand side-by-side side with them than anywhere in the league. So let them say whatever they want. I really don't care about them. You talk about building stadiums. If you go back to 2011, they don't. The, this team doesn't win a championship in USL. You, you go to 2013, this team doesn't win a championship in USL. It doesn't have that success on the field that brings the fans in like you. And then get that groundswell support to get in, into the league. It's the, the 21st team. The stadium isn't built. So to me, it it goes back even before the club started playing a game. The fans were out and, and the supporters yeah, were, were being formed. I mean, you, you None of this happens without that. You remember um, that, that Garber came in and said this this feels like you know yes this feels like something special. 
to me. And, and it and, was. And really honest, that's why I, I say you can never ignore your history. You cannot ignore your history. You're, look, teams oh celebrate their history. Teams teams build their future on their history. Teams, teams design kits based on something that's happened in the past. Your history is there as a place for, for you to ground yourself and grow from. Mm. And and if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Adrian Heath and those teams in twenty eleven and twenty twelve doing so well, we all would not be here talking about this today. Because it if those teams don't do so well, not as many people are gonna show up. And then it just becomes like another it's another Austin Aztec. It becomes another team where you got two, three thousand people in the stands and eventually the, the owners lose money and they lose interest and they mm. pull the plug. So without them, that's why I say you have to honor that. That is something Atlanta will never have. My favorite cheer ever probably is uh, NYCFC, you ain't got no history, you're bitches. I love <laughs> that. I love and if that, that doesn't tell you everything about what is important in the support base. I didn't know that word was in there. I didn't Hell notice that. yes. Are you serious? Hell yes. That's one of my favorite chants. It's no, one of my favorites. Classic. It's one of my favorite. That and the, uh, low ri- the one done to the tune of Lowrider. I love that one. Oh, that, that's my favorite <laughs> one too, yeah. Well, I have a question for you. So what? where did the club kind of lose touch of his history? Because everybody kind of pins it on Phil Rollins leaving. But... <clears throat> It's become obvious that that some of his decision making wasn't, you know, wasn't that good to be honest. And um, even the way he left and etc. I, I don't have a reverence for him in the sense other than getting us to MLS. But post that, I, I think he was one of the guys who was in a spot where he wasn't qualified for. Well, you know when and um, so and, and at what point? This two part question. Sorry. At what point do do we? How do we balance our history and our fans and in making decisions? That the fans won't like you. You can't just go out to fans and say, "Right, there's got to be a balance." What's the balance? Well, I think the one thing I would say about that is you don't live in the past. That's not what you do. Honor but, it. Yeah, you don't honor the, you honor the past while appreciating your present and then growing your future. But you know the fact that we do have a history that we that this was built is a sense of pride. I think for these supporters, it's a sense of pride. I know for me, I know for Jeff. So. Um, that's why. Where do I think it? Where do I think it? Kind of. I, I honestly think once MLS came around, it's like they almost wanted to. They almost kind of looked down upon the USL years, and I don't. I, I remember those as fondly as I remember anything, really. Jeff. Yeah. I, I, ditto. I mean, the, 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 that's where our relationship on air started, uh, and, and, and our relationships with the fans started. And it was here. It is over eight years of me be doing this and because I've been so dedicated to doing a broadcast and being in you got, got to come to meetings and you got to be in the stadium four hours early I never got a chance to do a march to the match I never got a chance to sit in the wall I go to the Cincinnati game a couple of weeks ago I got to march to the match for the first time with my oh, family you want to talk about a high point I mean that was that was incredible for me to, to, to go there as a fan so uh, and the wall is coming. I'm going to be there before the season's end. That will happen as well. Hey, gentlemen, yeah. I wanted to tell you something. I actually was – I went on YouTube. I wanted to find my favorite uh, game that you guys uh, were narrating. Unfortunately, a lot of the stuff that you guys did when he makes it to YouTube is the visiting team's crew or the national – on the road yeah, especially. Exactly. Yep. And, uh, but I, I listened to or watched your, the – the 2014 last game in USL, it was a game, I'm going to tell you, in my... Harrisburg. Yes, the Harrisburg. Loss, yes. Yes. Disney. Um, my arrogance, I stayed home because I wanted to save my money for the championship that we knew we were going to play <laughs> in Orlando. And oh, wow. Harrisburg, for those that don't know, 
Harrisburg City Islanders, which is now uh, Penn FC. Uh, they come to town with seven, counting seven, uh, Philadelphia Union uh, players on loan. Defeat us. And on they still a, got lucky. Right, yeah, they on got a lucky. fluke. And I have to say, and I'm, I'm an emotional guy. I'm sorry. I'm Puerto Rican. I can so help still, it. It's still 2014. You're I, still yeah, holding the I grudge. Can <laughs> I can help it. But the last 10 minutes, you guys basically had to control your emotions. I can see that you guys are affected by it. Uh, I and, and I want I want your opinion on what what happened there because I remember three things out of that out of, out of that game. First, in retrospect, our fan base, uh, our supporter groups were a little insensitive by screaming MLS MLS, knowing that those guys that got us here were not coming along. The other thing that I remember is seeing our captain Rob Valentino on the floor, uh, devastated, mm-hmm. and finally seeing seeing you guys say, well. Our, our time has come to a wrap. Our glorious years. Come March, you're going to see a packed Citrus Bowl. And I have to say that in all the times that I went to Fifth Third Bank Field at the Citrus Bowl, talk about names that people want to complain about, um, I, I never went to a game with more than 4,000 people. How did you guys felt or how did you guys pronosticated that 63,000 people were going to be there. And and how do you see that that nice bow, how you guys tied our glory years in USL with, with those 10 minutes, which, to be honest with you, they had to be tough because we were losing and we were seeing our chances to leave with a championship go away. Before I even delve in further, the big, one of the long memories I have, the, the lasting memories I have of that is walking back to my car with Rob Valentino. And how devastated he was because that was the end for him, and he he knew it. And I said, "You're going to be back. You're, you got to be one of these guys that are coming back." He knew it, and that was. I thought about the car ride home, what that meant to these guys that that weren't going up the Miguel's and that they were not going to be brought along. You know, that actually is a question. Next time I see Inchi, I'm going to ask him. I am because I think somewhere. I think now, if he could do it again, I think he would have taken Rob Valentino. I think I don't think that was his decision. I don't think I don't I think, think it was either. I think decision. I think Paul McDonough had a lot to do with that. I I could not I could never see him not taking a guy who just be because Rob would have been good with whatever role you give him. He didn't have to be in the oh. first eleven, but he'd have given in his training? heart and soul. Oh, the, the, I have, the, the I, I things have I've so, seen him do in training to I, other I players. I have so much respect for oh. Rob Valentino, and I wish I know he's with Atlanta and their coaching staff right now. But I, I just I wish him nothing but the best. So, but calling that game, Jeff. I, I mean, I just remember frustration. During, yes, I mean, but but well. and then but remember, we were good at flipping, to yeah. looking ahead, putting the bow tie, and then look when we come back, this is going to be something special. We knew it was going to be a full citrus bowl. Yeah, and I think we know that. Just look at history of what teams have done, going from USL or NASL or whatever it had been, and what their their improvements have been attendance wise the next year. It was astronomical. So I knew you were going to get a whole – just because it's a new thing in town to do. It's, it's the top level in this country. Uh, Orlando is a, is a front-running town a little bit. Look at what the Magic yeah, have is. done coming back, right? Thank you. And, and people want to be there for that big event. So I knew we were going to have a full stadium there. I just – yeah, you, you look at history and, and, and you see where it was building. And you, you – Disney was – the whole Disney year was a bit disappointing because we had to drive to Disney and it was <laughs> – the crowds were smaller. Yeah. But you knew people were ready to explode and ready to get on it. When we had the announcement, you just knew the entire team well, with the magnets and everything that were going around the city. 
I, there was no doubt in my mind we were on to something. You had mentioned, um, and I, I think, too, you, you got to give credit where credit's due. And, and um, Phil and his vision, because he had said, I'll, I'll never forget sitting down to meet him for the first time when he was asking <laughs> me. They came in and said, a gentleman named Phil, uh, Ariel, my store manager at the time, said, um, a guy named Phil called. He wants to meet with you about sponsoring Orlando City. And I went, I Not don't another know. one. I said, I've, 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 I have been at been a part of soccer at that level and i said i said i honestly don't i i don't have any real i have no real faith that this is going to be any different than anything else i've ever seen at, at that level of soccer but when i sat down with phil he really sold me on his vision um and it was easy to see that he he was he was going to make this a success and he said so and you have to kind of give him credit that he did come through with everything he said he was going to do it took flavio coming on to help finally see the vision with, with the money side. Phil was never going to be able to afford the money side, but he had a good vision for what he wanted to see accomplished, and he did get it accomplished in a time frame that is astonishing. Um, so I have to I have to give him credit for that, but I knew I knew because of what he would want to do. Teresa Tatlanghari was unbelievable oh, in marketing. Unbelievable. So when you combine those things, and, and you, the Magic weren't doing that well at the time. And I think the city wanted to see something fun and new, and, and that's what Orlando City was. So I had every faith at that point that it was gonna that the stadium would be packed. I was working at Bright House Sports Network at the time. I when the team came to town, I interviewed him and thought he was brash and bold, and I liked it because I loved the game of soccer, and I was really happy a team was coming. Then the Bright House Sports Network had the TV contract the first two years. We had a, a three, four games each year that we televised. The very first one, it was a zero-zero game against Char- uh, the Charlotte Eagles. Uh, I think it was uh, Jack Trainer got sent off. You know, it took me like three games to ever f- call a first goal on TV for Orlando City, by the way. And it was the day that Jamie Watson scored three. Um, but going back, that halftime, I interviewed uh, Phil Rollins at halftime. And I, I asked him, you know, what, what, what is the, the long-term vision of this? We want to be in MLS within three to five years. And I'm thinking, he's saying this on TV <laughs> in a game that's 0-0 zero, zero with, with about, I don't know, 5,000 people at. And, and I was like, yeah. But that I, I think I said to him, that's bold. That, that's certainly bold. And, man, he was right on. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you give him the credit he deserves there, sure. Yeah, I, I think he deserves, all, you know, all the credit, a ton of credit for all of that. I just yeah. thought that, that you know, he shouldn't have been the GM or bringing in some No, players. no, he never should have been the GM. I mean, from what I understand, no. he, he had a big part in Christ's contract being that long. You know, it was like five and a half years. Jason was his pick. What did we learn? Yeah, Nobody's been perfect pick. in this whole thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Everybody's you know, made errors. It, and, exactly. And then what, yeah. what I felt with, with Flavio, I feel he cares. Passion. I've always defended him. But some of it, some of the people who have had things delegated to them, I haven't had the, the same faith in. And then especially that, that time frame in between, I mean, appointing Nikki, which I know is his guy too, and um, – and, and in him being a GM, there was a lot of bad players brought in at that time. I think he was on exit and that, mode. That really, that really set us back. Well, like David get, Let's consider right. this. The, uh, chocolate? Yeah. Uh, chocolate. Let, so, yeah. So let's just consider this. From last season, there are three players still. One of them just did. There are three players that we had to rely on that couldn't get a club. Yeah. R.J. Allen. Yeah. Chris Schuler. Yeah. And uh, Villarreal, who yeah. just... Well, signed with Las Vegas. Just signed with yeah. Las Vegas. But that's, but a, that's could, an upgrade. We were relying level, upon sure. these players, and yeah. they couldn't even get a club. I mean, you talk about just a mess, an absolute well, mess. Weren't those Jason Kai's guys, like, back in RSL? Like, um, I mean, New yes. York and, and some of them. Yes. RSL. So was yes. he picking the players or Nicky? 
Well, coaches I think have players they it, yeah, trust. Yeah, it's yeah. a common. I think. I think. I would say that Jason had a, a large hand in the, in, the, in the squad that he was assembling. Yeah, a large hand. Now, what I will say to you, to be ultimately fair, is his what he wanted. What he wanted to do was never finished. Yeah. You, you, you know, you're kind of pulling the plug midway through. Now, I know things didn't look good, and, and he, uh, uh, David had mentioned. Um, you know, finishing last in a season where at one time you were first. I will never forget going through that run where everything was they were winning. And I'm going, this feels is, this field is as thin as paper. Yeah. Like we're just getting fortunate. I said this is this team is not that good. You know, you couldn't say that, but the feeling was this team's not that good, and uh, things just finally turned the way you thought they could. Um, and and it was a it was a bad season and it just it didn't get any better and they uh, I, I see why the plug was pulled I understand it um, but you know his plan was never seen through to fruition so we we don't know what the end would have been like we just know how it transpired and and what had to happen and that's why I, this is um, James is the first coach that that Flavio and, and Alex have have put into place yeah I hope he's left alone and I just I can't say it enough if you do you will be rewarded for it yeah and I feel like uh, James O'Connor um, when he first got hired I, I did a podcast with one of the Louisville City guys who does a podcast there and they loved him and raved about him right and really convinced me positively towards him and I've had uh, moments and, and I see now I think he you know deserves to stay and deserves time and etc so credit well, to, to Flavio and Alex on that yeah. well, I like it when they wield their power you know, in this sense, I, I like the the Muzi hiring, right? So I'm I'm fine with that. It's just the question is, is it, are we going to have the competency where we're going to see things in a certain order? Because we seem to be doing things backwards, right? And is Muzi getting the keys now, or is James doing the roster? What's going to happen? The academy with the new place? You know, I, I just it's hard to put faith in these things. Um, when the, the track past. record is not good for you. Exactly. I and and yeah. even with, with Christ, like you, you want to rebuild, but what he was building at the time wasn't looking very good. Mm. So how much time do you, do you give him? And look at NYC. They got so much better when they got rid of him when they didn't give him time either. I'm looking, so like, at what point is it too bad where you're like, never mind? I, Tom's the trained eye here, yeah. you know, the, 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 the coach and the guy who's been around the game his whole life. But just one more I see, when I look at the performances this season, the games I have watched, which was most of them, uh, to me, there's results they have deserved they have not gotten. Yeah, left them on yeah, the table. Expected wins, I, I, we're fourth in the league. Yeah, expected, look, wins. Like expected goals. And expected I, I goals, we're second. A couple yeah. weeks ago. Uh, this this yeah. team is better than its record yeah. right now. Now, is it good enough to take it all the way to the end of the season with the players who are there? That remains to be seen. Yeah. No, this this team is is they're definitely cleaning this up. It's it's starting to get better. There's an idea. Right? You can see it. Yeah. Um, they're not going to win every game. You know, and they got a tough stretch coming up here as soon as they get back off the break with 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 the Open Cup, and then you know into Philadelphia, in who, DC, and and again, there's there's you talk about because Curtin, Jim Curtin, that's a guy who who I mean, he was he was on the ropes you, with the fans. Yeah, of Philadelphia. yeah but you oh, yeah. look you Always. look at what staying the course does, and you look at what he's built now with young players as well. I mean, and now they're seeing the fruits. So they're, they they've let they've planted that seed, and they've they've let the tree grow. You know, even though sometimes the, the the branches looked a little bit frail, they let them get stronger, and, and now With it's, no leaves on them. I mean, yeah, and now it's paying off, and so that's why I hope you, you stay the course. With James, for sure. They had the youngest back line in the league last year, yeah. and he stuck with them, let them make their mistakes, look at them now. Yeah. You know? and, and, Tom, um, 
you're talking about coaches building teams. You had that opportunity this past year with the Orlando Sea Wolves. Yeah. I, I was there for your first win. I was that loud guy screaming my guts out. Thank you. Uh, I, I I went for the I went to we went to the friendly thirty of us mm -hmm. from uh, friends from Orlando City Twitter, uh, and, and and we fell in love with the fast pace game of MASL. I have to tell you, I was introduced to the league when Miguel Gallardo was playing for the Florida Tropics yeah. the year before. Uh, when I found out that we were getting a team, I was the first one in line. Um, what's your assessment of the of the season? Um, and I got your record here. And if uh, oh, give me no. a second, uh, nine and fourteen. Nine fifteen. Nine and fifteen. Because there's no ties in the league. Yeah. And um, your first victory there's was no twelve. Ties. The other no ties. Uh, there was your first victory <laughs> was twelve way. goals to seven <laughs> against the Mississauga Met Metro Stars, which is a Toronto suburb. Uh, I was there. Uh, it was fantastic. You had 141 goals for, 174 goals against for a negative 33 on goal differential. Uh, if those numbers sound outrageous and you never see indoor soccer, uh, I promise you this makes perfect sense. But I want to I, I know, how do you assess the season now that you lost uh, a, a higher gun like, like Gordy? Mm. who is a legend, in my opinion, in, in this league. He has gone to the bad guys, the Florida Tropics. Yep. Um, what was your assessment of the – if you had to go back, what would you do differently or – Oh, um, so first off, uh, the record was bad, and I'm not happy with that. The, the goals, four goals against, I'm certainly not happy with that. I think, you know, we'd, we'd set out we, – we wanted to be in the playoffs, um, and we didn't make it. So that's, that's job not done. Um, you know, I, I think looking back, I, 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 would, I would have wanted the squad to be deeper. Um, I think when we got later in the season and we, we hit our stretch of, I think it was like six weeks of back-to-backs. And what I mean by that is you would play on a Friday night and then turn around and play on either a Saturday night or a Saturday afternoon or play on a Saturday and then turn around and play on a Sunday afternoon or a Sunday night. So you had less than 24 hours turnaround in between games. That it's tough. It's it, it and indoor is a very physical game. Um, you know when you when you start looking at the play on the boards and um, I, I don't think we were deep enough to handle it. Um, once once injuries started hitting, once once suspensions started coming because you know accumulation of points. If you're getting like poor Richard Schmerman getting you know he was in he was in the the bin probably you know at least once or twice a game. So. Um, when you start losing players, it you know we we really weren't able to cope with that very very well. Um, now you come into the GM thing, and, and the GM and I had sometimes a difference of opinion of how we should approach a game. Um, you know, in, in indoor, a big thing is the press, and there's some teams I think you can press, and there's some teams I don't think you should press. And sometimes I thought the GM uh, he got his way, wanted to press. I don't think we should have. I think we probably could have had a, a couple more wins. If, if we'd approached games tactically a little bit different. Um, so, you know, I'll have to see what happens. Um, you know, right now it's a lot still up in the air as far as me and the Seawolves go. Um, not that I, I wish them nothing but success, but, um, you know, I, I, I enjoyed the indoor game. I, I, it's something I'd never done before, but I've, I've always said you should never, ever be afraid to, to push yourself and to take on challenges because that's how you grow.
So Tom, so we are we are to assume that you may not be back with the team next year. That's that's a that's an assumption. Yeah, that's okay. that's that is at this point a possibility. There's a lot of stuff up in the air, um, and we've not made any decisions as far as that goes at this point in time. So, um, you know, the GM is is assembling the roster. Um, you know, and I think he's done a, a pretty good job. Um, I think if you look, there's clearly going to be a budget for this team, um, and when you do that, sometimes. People are going to make the cut, and sometimes they're not, and that could be due to budget relations. Um, you know, and, and you talk about Gordy, and, and I think Gordy's a guy that um, you know has a, tr- a, t- a ton of passion. Um, he's got a ton of energy, uh, really behind the team and, and any team he plays for. So he will be behind the Florida Tropics, um, and he's always going to score goals. Um, so he he's going to be a big miss. Um, but they've replaced them with with some very good players that have come in that, that have proven to be goal scorers in this league as well and and hard workers. So you know I, I think we'll have to wait and see what happens as far as that goes. Whether how much they miss him, how much they don't. All right. Um, speaking of Seawolves, uh, when and oh Seawolves and budgets. Mm. When uh, we were talking, when uh, when Orlando City made the decision to switch or pivot from the Lake Nona to Orlando Heritage. Um, I went snooping around like I normally do when things like this happen. And I was, uh, so I, uh, you know, there's not a whole lot of security around that building, so I just walked right in acted like I was supposed How'd to be there. How'd you do that clean with your job, though? How'd you get so much snooping time? Hey, look. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, like I'm, own, I'm my own boss, so I, I do what I want. <laughs> like Tom, right? Tom's his own boss. Hey, that's yeah. the way you want it. You so when, uh, <laughs> when I, I went walking in there and I saw uh, Orlando Seawolves actually had an office inside of that building. They did? Yeah. They or they did. did. They did. They don't anymore. <laughs> More breaking news. They did have. Um, you being, I guess, familiar with that building and that property, mm. uh, how do you think that will uh, pan out for them as far as pivoting from? That's a long a lot, drive. A lot of, a lot of commercial. I mean, a lot of commercials. A lot of, a lot of uh, supporters and stuff, they had a, you know, a whole lot to say mm. about switching from Lake Nona to there. Yeah, Knowing what, that property. What did they say? I'm curious. I, some of that I didn't see. A lot of it. Most most of it was was. They just don't like being in Kissimmee, to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, Th- that was part well, of any me, budget. Let me ask you like, this. It felt like we made another small budget move. Well, I, w- I, would say, I would say probably in looking at it, a lot of the – a lot of – everything's in place there. There's not yeah. much building that yeah. has to happen. Yeah. Um, there's some conversion. Obviously, they're baseball mm-hmm. fields. Yeah. There's still um, baseball fields. How weird that we really get on the Rowdies for playing at a baseball stadium and NYCFC for playing a baseball stadium, and our training facility is going to be a converted baseball stadium. I think yeah. that's kind of <laughs> ironic. And, but and anyway. OCB might play in that baseball stadium. Uh, oh, wow. Because the, yeah, the yeah, Fire the Frogs rumor. are leaving. Oh, yeah, I heard the rumor. Right. I heard yeah. the rumor. I heard yeah. that rumor. I, I don't know how much truth there is to it, but yeah. I've heard that. Uh, what I will say is I am in favor of, of having the system back under the control of – the GM and the head coach. It makes mm-hmm. no sense to me to have a team that plays underneath the first team but has nothing to do with, with that coaching staff. I don't understand oh, that. Oh, it's but, development, though. Well, so. yeah, whatever. But you're not developing them for Orlando City, almost. I, you're almost developing them for somebody else to sell them. And uh, James, to not have sway to move a player and get a player games at OCB just doesn't make sense to me. But anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Um, you, you asked me about the building. Um, yeah. That building is huge. Mm-hmm. It, remember, it was built for an, an MLB spring training. Yeah. So you think about how many players have to traipse through that. I mean, there's a myriad of rooms in there. I mean, multiple locker rooms, a massive training room. Um, they're going to be able to go in there and create a really good environment, a, a place that's fitting for, for an MLS team, I believe. Um, as far as the supporters and, and where it is, you know, think about it. 
a lot of teams' training facilities in MLS are nowhere close to where yeah. they play. Yeah, um, DC's is in Virginia. Exactly. No, yeah, it's loud. And tra- <laughs> yeah. As a native of Northern Virginia, I can tell you, Leesburg is a good hour out of DC. Yeah. Wow. Isn't Atlanta yeah. not yeah. that close? Yeah. Shoot, and Miami's going to yeah. be Miami's going to take longer. To yeah, they're nowhere close. Yeah. And Delante. to be honest with you, I've, I've, and because I'm assuming most people have jobs, mm-hmm. supporters never really get to go to training anyway. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. where does it does it really matter as long as it's functional for the team? Mm-hmm. And the club, and you know, it's it's going to give them a, a better place to call home, and I think it will give them a better place to call home. Is it, is it like you know, state of the art? Like, like no one was supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, like no, uh, maybe not, but yeah. it's it's going to be very good, and it's going to be an upgrade. Yeah, from from where they are now. Okay, am, so, am I wrong to sorry? Am I wrong to say that we, we kind of some supporters are, are lagging uh, to like what the club really can do financially? Like we've made a lot of decisions based on like. You know budgets, right? Some of the players we sign, we're not bringing in players and big transfers. We're not LAFC or Atlanta when it comes to the money. So if we don't have LAFC's training facility, I mean, so what? Like we could be a, a smaller club that, that could, like Wolves or whatever Stoke or someone like that, and still have a respectable team and build that way. And I think Philly was a perfect example. They have a combination of a ton of academy, homegrown kids, no no big name DPS. And players that they, they let them go through. If anyone's our model, I think Philly's really the model for us right now. And, I would say and Portland would be a good model. Portland's, Portland's, another, good Portland's one. another one too. But um, uh, but Philly doesn't have anyone like you know like Valeri's level or anything like that. You know, Bodoyos they're yeah. the most few, expensive. Few player. years back, Columbus were in the final. I mean, yeah, yeah. Columbus is a very small market. Exactly. So I, I think that this when this when we moved to the Osceola Heritage, it, it seemed in line with with what we can kind of do. So I don't have a problem with it as long as it builds camaraderie. I just think people want it to have nice real estate. We're in Lake, we're in Lake Mary. That's a public park. You, you're, you, I've been there plenty of times. You, you go and park, and you're, Gertrude's playing tennis right oh, next to uh, you. Uh, you know, like a trophy wives and 80-year-old ladies. Yeah, I'll never forget watching yeah. Kaka just stroll through the Saturday afternoon youth soccer games on his way over to training. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I, I went inside once like, just to kind of be nosy because I used to work right next to there. And it was like it was like Parks and Recreation episode. They were like, "Can I help you? You need a pamphlet." Well, that, well that's, and that's what, their locker room. Well, you know? that's what happened to the front. But desk. But it was like Mary. Yeah, the, exactly. the front I'm desk like is organizing the tennis. The tennis. No, exactly. No. Wow. So this is our place. Is it not? Is it not a Tavistock property? Not like Mary. You're not. You know. Next I, think, to like, I, I honestly yeah. think the Tavistock deal was going to be a bad deal for this club. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. going to be a bad deal. So I'm glad they got out of it. Yeah, actually. me too. I'm actually I'm actually happy in regards to. Having a facility all in one, and, and that's, look, and that's where you credit Alex. That's you know, that's where he's done a really good job in, in getting the club out of a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you know we did that when we we kind of reset OCB a little bit in regards to how much it costs to be in USL Championship, and how the fact that they were, nothing was being produced even by getting first players minutes on the B team, nothing was really coming of it per se. That takes a long time. I mean, there's no, it's it's, you know, kind of like what they've done with putting in the, what the United States has done in putting in the DA program with kids. It's it's not going to bear fruit immediately. It's not to say it can't, but you have to give that time to grow, really, honestly. Um, You know, and and perhaps in in a couple years' time or a few years' time, somebody does come through. But I think it's a great tool. Um, I mean, last year, wouldn't you have loved for some of those players to be able to? I mean, look at Jonathan Spector, for example. He had no place to go to to get games. So you you bring him back in. He's had no match fitness, and he breaks down right away. Yeah. It, it, you know, you, you need that. That team is a is a vehicle and a good vehicle for the first team. Now, a lot of the new new 
uh, a lot of clubs that are focusing on academy aren't going to championship. They're going to League One. Mm. Like FC Dallas, if, if FC Dallas is the preeminent academy, they're skipping USL championship. They're not really getting first team guys minutes down there. Yeah, Neither like, is TFC. So I, I, I think cost-wise, like, it costs so much to run the stadium. I think, Alex, they were right to not put it back in the Orlando City yeah, Stadium. And in the cost to run a champ- USL championship in a League One. My, my point with that is is not – about the minutes is about that he got us out of a bad deal again. He did. No, and he did in USL really League job. One, I think is it, yeah. I think you'll see less teams in USL Championship in the future, more in USL League, League One, so the academy has a kind of a pyramid, and and it saves us money, and then having it in house can can save money, like you said. So I think it's in line with him not having a huge budget to work with and him doing fairly yeah. well and, with and, some and of it. Yeah, to right? each his own. And the, I think uh, they, teams they, are going to approach they it differently. Probably, right. I'm sure that 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 Kissimmee and Osceola County will. If they move OCB and they play out of the stadium, they'll they'll renovate it, make it not renovate, but they'll make it good that it can it can host a soccer game out of. It. And that's what, a lot what that's falling in line with like what RSL built, where their their stadium for their for their second team mm-hmm. for uh, Is that their training their room? name their name comes right RSL Zion uh, Rail Monarchs Rail Monarchs they play right there. They have a, um, they have a nice little stadium of their know, own. Yeah. Sporting Kansas uh, Sporting Kansas City they. They, they play Swope Park, and then you have uh, Starfire, which is where Seattle Sounders play theirs out of. So this is right in line with, with what yeah, a lot of other clubs are But there are a lot of teams there, in the right? USL Championship Western Conference, and I can attest because I'm doing a lot of those games yeah. now, that are in Las Vegas is included, uh, Tacoma, uh, uh, Albuquerque, all, all of these teams, they're all in baseball stadiums because it's, it's a revenue source for the, the, yeah. for, the, for the baseball team, mm-hmm. Louisville yeah. City. Yeah. So, so, not so that being, I want to see that yeah, ever well, in MLS, I mean is, but that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good deal that there's a stadium like, um, you know, clearly you're going to talk about how when you went there earlier on, what you were hoping it was it was included, right? In the, yeah, yeah. Because when I, when I was snooping around the first time, um, that was they were only saying they were basically putting it as you know the this baseball part wasn't part of it, um, mm-hmm. and there's also a lot of buildings in that and offices. And let's face and, it, you want to get that right, and I think they will because. That's where players go to work. Yeah. You and I, and we, we all go to our offices, and their office is their training facility. That's where they spend most of their time. Mm-hmm. So if you have a good place, because they're going to want to know what's, what's the facilities like. You go after a really big player, that's going to be an important piece to them. Yeah. What's the training facility like? Yeah. Do you guys feel that we need an association in champions, uh, ch- the USL championship? Do we... I think USL, I mean, yes. I don't necessarily need USL Championship versus USL League One. Oh, Where should OCB be? Yeah, I'd like to give minutes to the players because yes, mean, I, I do. I do feel you need a place to, to 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 have players, first team players, get get some minutes coming back on recovery. Yeah. Can I we do, do that through that. loans without having a USL Championship team like we're well, doing with Ken Lindley? Yeah, uh, Lindley, but also you, you look at uh, Mason. Yeah. Who's with Tulsa yeah, right now? Yeah, who's yeah. had a couple of shutouts? So that's true. Is it more fruitful for them to go on loan to Championship or to go play, down yeah. two levels to League One? Like how? How much? How? It's if they're still, MLS contract players, I think Championship's a good place for them. Yeah, because yeah. right now if they go to OCB, they're going down two levels. I, I wonder is that better than than practicing with the yeah, first team and being around though, it? Right, Tom. Right, I, I, that, that's a, that's a, that's my my question in in regards to in regards to that. Um, I, you know, I, it's interesting. Now you start getting some philosophical things where I've always thought that <laughs> this is outside of Orlando City. This is about really kind of where I think USL has its space in the development picture of, of soccer in the country. Because the big miss is when a kid finishes their high school, when they finish high school, when, they, when they're leaving high school, 
that gap between being 17, 18 years old and a pro, mm. that's where we're missing in this yeah. country. U.S. sells that gap. They, they don't need to go to college. And I don't mean that in that they don't need to go get an education. I think an education is important. I'd, I, I'd love to see them take that 17-year-old kid, immerse them into into a full system where you're training day in, day out as a pro, and you can get quality games at the USL level, and money set aside for your education. But I think that's going to help us in this country bridge that gap that, that doesn't exist because college really doesn't develop the player and get them ready to, to be a pro, in my opinion. And, and that's not to say that you won't still find some that can go that college route and then you can th- th- develop late. It might just be not the one that developed quite early enough, but you can still find them there. But by and large, I think USL is a, a great way to bridge the gap that doesn't exist. I had a question for you. Part of the critique you had asked about what the critique was about the Osula Heritage was that other players, um, tra- potential transfers, are going to see it and not like it because of Kissimmee, because of the area. Do you think that that's the case? I, I don't think so, especially we're going to Latin America. I'm Like, have you been there? Like, every kid who, every player who comes here has an Orlando City baby. That's, you're a Hispanic, you're a 19-year-old Josue Coman. Kissimmee's not bad. I Look, mean, is that it, just me? I don't know anybody who'll live there, but yeah. it's just a place that you go to work. You yeah. know, I mean, they'll. I would imagine players will probably find some nice places around there. If you had to be there five days a week, that, yeah. you know, where do you want to travel from? So, um, you know, I, I think that I think I think players will be fine with it. I, I don't think it's yeah. that big a deal, to be honest with you. Uh, as, as long as as long as the facility's good, that's all they really care about. Yeah. All right. Um, running a little long on time now. A little. Um, so it's okay. This is fun. A yeah. couple, couple, couple other things. Um, going back to management stuff like that. Um, if Nikki. Because of the timing when Budalik got fired, or like whatever happened, <laughs> um, if he doesn't have that snafu or or the snafu with the contract even dis- isn't discovered, in your opinion, does he get fired at that time? Uh, he probably would have fired himself by now. But at, I I, th- I think I think a do you change, think that was the, the change, straw? I, yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I think a change was needed. I think a change was probably coming, mm-hmm. and that probably expedited it. Okay, for sure. I give credit also to James, and that not that he had the biggest say with Nikki, but you remember he took over. And he wanted to sit back the first couple of weeks and months, to see how everything was working, and then he started jettisoning pieces that weren't working, like the training, the uh, the fitness staff when the, the players weren't yes. fit the way he that liked was long it. Overdue. Out, and then yeah. in with the new, and now you're seeing the changes here with the preseason and, and how they've been better fit for matches and not blowing things late. So yeah, I, I give James credit for seeing the big picture. Yeah. Okay, you got, I'm going to let you give it a chance until you screw it up. If you screw it up, now you're gone. Yeah, and no. you're not you're not seeing as many injuries and no, we have same muscular yeah. injuries, so that's been great. Yeah, and he's going to change more. Here you we know. have discussed the fact that, that we have players like Rafa Ramos that was always hurt and they leave and, and they're doing great. So I am in that respect, I'm I'm happy about that. But I wanted to ask you guys, what do you feel or what's your opinion? Miami or Inter Miami is coming or. Club Internacional de Football Miami is coming next year into the pipe. Uh, what do you guys think? Is that going to alter the landscape of, of football here in, in Florida? It's going to alter the landscape of MLS. Wow. Okay. Um, they're going to be the they're first team that is pushed internationally by MLS, by the media, by everything because of 
David Beckham because of, you know, Miami. And, and I guarantee you <laughs> they will go three DPs big and they will be big names, big names. I mean, this I've, I've gotten a look at their jerseys as well. Um, very nice. By the way, I did see Orlando City's new second jersey, too. Um, uh, that I was I was actually really I thought my first my first thought was finally that's, that's <laughs> yes that's the first thing I thought is that pre orders on sale yeah, huh yeah because like I know my finally would be I'm not I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna go I'm no. not gonna go I'm not gonna Red. go into that because I I don't want to ruin that no, for the club and footy that. headlines <laughs> will ruin it for everybody anyway that's true, that's true. but um, <laughs> I, I I my first thought and the person sitting next to me as we both went finally mine will be gold. Finally, in paying, you know, proper honoring. Uh, sorry, paying proper respect to the I'm past. Not, I'm, not, I'm not going into. Uh, I'm not going into whether, whether it does anything for the history. I will just say, um, I feel that that between Adidas and the club, they've they uh, they've pushed the envelope a little more with with the second shirt. Yeah, and right. I was pretty. It was pretty cool, and I was happy to see it. Anything better than that second away one with the fake collar? That was just terrible. <laughs> that was um, so bad. You got something to work. Uh, I was going to. But you asked me. Uh, I, they're going to be huge. They're, they're, believe and me. And they're doing everything right off the field. I mean, yeah. with exception of Lockhart right now, which is still a big question mark. Yeah. Well, but but you look what the Beckham is involved with with their academy players and showing up at their their signings. I mean, they're doing everything first class there, and you would expect that with somebody behind. Well, we them. have seen a lot of uh, former Orlando City staffers moving there. Yep. Yep. Nikki Budalik, who was horrible mm-hmm. here, we have discussed that is within that organization. So that, Jason Christ is down Jason's there now. Jason Christ is there. So I just uh, Paul McDonough is there. there. Thank you. There's other front office people who moved down there. So if those guys uh, yep. were bad here, Dennis, how, you know, HR, yeah, co- correct. Uh, if those guys were bad here. Are they gonna be bad there, or we don't know, right? Well, I There's think you, you always learn something from doing normally, something the first time. Exactly. You normally so learn from your mistakes. I, I, most people, you know, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, so I. I it's also I, listen, about fit too. Listen, I, I wish I, I am not one of those people that, that doesn't wish people success. It makes no sense to to wish bad things on people. So I don't. You know, I, I hope that. I hope that Nikki can move on and, and, and have a good career. Paul McDonough, Jason Christ, who is still a friend. Uh, we still speak. So, um, you know, I, I wish good things for people. Not when they play Orlando City, but in general, you know, I wish good things for people. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah one, one question. We talked about the cap space next year. Mm. If you guys were in charge... What kind of moves? Would you, what positions do we need? Ooh, uh, I, the cap right, space, immediately, immediately a nine, a ten, and a right-sided center back. Nine, a ten, and a right-sided right center back. And that's that's <laughs> yeah, that's the that's before next right year. That, that's that's if you can do something in the, in the next window. That's right now. Yeah. I right think now. in the next window, I think you can probably expect to see a move. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to address as much as they want. Well, with Fagita walks though. What would that move he's, he's be? You need a bigger nine. bigger forward. See, this yeah. is where it starts to get into what do you need more? A right side of center back, a nine, a ten. Can can Dom come good? Because, look, Dom Dwyer can be as as good in this league as, as most at tucking chances away. But Dom is Dom's a certain type of player, isn't he? He's a, he's a bull in the china shop in a way that he loves to play off a defender's shoulder, get in behind you nudge you and he and he's very good at doing that and he's very good at getting the other end of a ball once that service is there in the box what you don't want to see him doing is dropping off and trying to play you know trying to play the creator and trying to play that it's it's like you can be Pavarotti or you can be Mick Jagger 
Mick Jagger could never sing like Pavarotti, and Pavarotti could never sing like Mick Jagger, but they could both be brilliant. To me, Dom Dom Dwyer is Mick Jagger. You know, he's more like, be Mick Jagger, be Dom Dwyer, be that guy. And I think now you see with the team the way they play, love Ruan, love that kid. Um, Man, is he quick. But you can see the overlapping. You can see how they want to get balls played in the box. Service is still made for Dom Dwyer. Um, I hope he can come around. I hope he can um, get things right mentally um, and and maybe come back to being that player that that people want him to be. I'm just not sure where his head's at right now. We have a running joke that once a player gets their second kid is when things go bad. We saw it with Breck Shea. We saw it with Bendick, with Spectre, and now we're seeing it with Dom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with it, lack of sleep, but, I think, but it's just a I think for sure they, they need somebody. They need another striker um, yeah. badly. And, and, and James told us last year he likes to have multiple players at every position that have different yeah. qualities and different shapes and sizes. Dom's so, a bit one notice, kind of, right? A little huh? bit. Dom, Dom is more kind of like not multiple styles. It's like you said, like getting yeah, behind. I mean, he, he's yeah. small. He's a bulldog. He's yeah. a yeah. fox in the box, but he's not a yeah. guy that's going to be back to goal, a, a, a target forward that's going to hold yeah. the ball he's up and, and and be a Kai Kamara yeah. and winning everything in the air. He's not. That's not. Although he jumps out of the gym, he's doing crazy. He can win his first air headers. I'm just yeah. J- James wants players, whether it's a winger or a defensive midfield. He wants players of different shapes, sizes that can. One has speed, one has power. So he can, when a, when a game is changing in front of him, he needs to put a substitution in to change a game, he's got that skill set in. He doesn't have that yet. He's gotten closer here in this offseason because, what, he inherited two strikers? It was, it was, it was Dom and uh, Pino. Now he's got a few more to his disposal, but now. he doesn't have the full complement yet. Yeah. So I, I hope that, I, I don't know, to me, it's between, for me it would be, uh, be between a nine and a right-sided center back. Where I'd go, we have a lot Johnson's of center. Good, huh? We have a lot of center backs, but not very good but ones. Yeah, we. I mean, the right side center backs we have Sonny's are, are Shane O'Neill. Shane, um, Shane O'Neill's gone. I don't know where he's gone, but he's just gone. Yeah, even when we went three at the back, he didn't even play. He's, then, he's gone. And then then we have Dijon, who's right side center back, and then Sonny. He's healthy. He's healthy. When he's healthy, yeah. I think it's him and and Janssen. And, and like so, it's those two. Since he he played a Atlanta game when we played three at the back with with the um he was the center of the three at the back, and then yeah. until Janssen came, who was against Atlanta. We haven't seen him since then, and he played a couple of great passes. But I thought when we went back to the four three three that he'd be the right the right side of center back, and it's been signed the whole time. I think Johnson's carrying an injury, is he not? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's I think injured. Not uh, not Johnson. No, no, no. Dijon Dijon came Dijon. Back Dijon. Uh, he came yeah. back at against Atlanta, yeah. and then he, I haven't seen him since. Did he? Did he react? Uh, I, th- I, think, I think he's carrying. I think he's carrying an injury. Oh, okay. Um, but Johnson okay. is Johnson is he is steady Eddie for me. Yeah, I mean that guy is just not flashy. Um, you know, he's not going to do anything, you know, that you're going to remember, but he, but he doesn't make mistakes. He's a good MLS center back. He's, he's a very strong, steady, solid center back, which is something this club needs. And I, I think they need one to partner right beside him. There you go. Now, so the the, the cap room I'm seeing is Sane, which is almost a million dollars. Yeah, but who's going to pick him up? You just yeah, got to wait he, for him to He expire. still has time left on that Well, yeah, I think he is expiring. Yeah, like, he is. He that's is. what I'm I saying. Think he's exp- you yeah, got to let it expire. You got to let it expire. Because no I'm one's going to pick year, him up at 900000 Yeah. I'm talking about next year, not this window, right? Is that what we're talking about next year? Well, there is a window coming. There's a window coming. They'll address address something in this window. I just don't think they'll address – I don't think they'll have it to address multiple needs, but they'll address something in this window. I got you. Look at the players that are coming in the offseason, though. Juan, 
Mendez. We don't even talk Tesho. about Nani. Mendez hasn't has has yet come to fruition, but Ruan, he's been good. Yeah, but, uh, but uh, Nani, look, look at what you got from Matinho. Yeah, who's, yeah. who's a rookie, oh, yeah. a rookie Actually, last yeah. year? I think he's been what great. a pickup. Yeah, for real. I think he's, he's been, been fantastic. Yeah. yeah, that I mean that that kind of that build up. It wasn't a coincidence. It was on the left side because you know the technical ability yeah. between Moutinho or Mueller number one on the pick left for a reason Nani. last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just finally put put the technical players on the pitch together and let them play together. Well, yeah, which is and, and they're playing the way James wants, right? That, that you're seeing his imprint. Yeah, and, and don't, and, don't discount yeah. and a guy like Higita, a guy like Higita, <laughs> his technical ability's been underrated for a long time, in my opinion. His actual technical ability. So, like the, as far as passes, passing, and passes stuff like and that. that. He's, so, he, to me, he seems like he knows a little better than than our other defensive midfielder types. Christian's a bulldog. I mean, he's he's bullet shot. Uh, yeah, he's um, and he. I'll tell you one thing about Christian. He's got a tremendous work rate. Like, he'll look like he's dead tired, and then he'll push himself to make an 80-yard run. And he just does it over and over and over again. Um, so, I mean, I, I love him. I just I, I think that the, the price tag is a, is a, bit, oh, yeah. is yeah. a bit big. Guys, the question that everybody's asking themselves as they're listening to this podcast, is Orlando City making playoffs or not? If I had to, if I had to pick this season, I'd say no. Not that I don't want him to. I want this club to be as wildly successful as possible. I just think that they're they're cleaning up so much that you're going to see some up and down results. It's just going to happen. Uh, I've said this is not the season for it. Next season you'll start to see it, and I think by the season after that you'll start to have a team that will make that playoff push nearly every season for quite some time. I think that's what they're putting in place. But you just have to – patience is a hard word with this supporter group because they've been patient. They've been patient ever since MLS began. So while while James and company are on, you know, the really approaching their first full year, the supporter base is is, is approaching a much longer time, and it's been frustrating. Um, but again, that's why it's so special because it's not just watching the team play; it's the people that you're supporting with that you get to stand beside. Um, and I think that's what part of what makes this club special. But I think if you hang in there, something special is is not too far in the offing. You want to see improvement. And you have so far. You don't want to finish last in the East. I don't think that's going to happen. I think they're going to be pushing for that last one or two spots. Will they make it? I think it's going to depend on what some of the other teams do. What are the fortunes of, of some of the teams that are in that battle with? Mm-hmm. It's possible. I definitely say it's possible, but definitely not a, de- definitely not a definite. But I do believe in what James is, is doing. Yes. You'll and see I, him. You're I, going to see improvement just like you've seen so the far. Course, stay the course, and you'll be rewarded for it. Okay. Um, like Bib Fortuna. For one last question, oh, that's, the, that's bad. For one last question, um, the we talked. You spoke a little bit on it earlier. How the stadium is is you know it's it's starting to trend towards half full. Mm. Um, a lot of I mean most most of the supporters and the heart and the people that have become hardcore hardcore fans, they you know they still show up every week. Um, the casuals is what fills the uh, stadium up. Yep. What does Orlando City have to do? Well, one, why do you think they've gone, first off? And then, two, what do you think Orlando City has to do to regain that excitement from the casual sports fan? Not necessarily they're not a hardcore, but they're, you know, a casual sports fan to get them to show up more. Well, I think it's like anything else now. Um, It's about winning. Mm -hmm. Success. Um, That's what brings people. I mean, you know, you look at the magic now and – their their arena was starting to dwindle down a little bit, and then, you know, lo and behold, they get the playoffs, and whoa, hey, people are back. Um, and so I think that's what the casual, and I call them the fans, 
They're fans. They're not supporters. Yeah. Supporters are there game in, game out, regardless. Yeah, exactly. So to get the, the casual fan back, you, you got to get that success. you got to start winning. Or at least make the product exciting yeah. and make it affordable yeah. for the folks that have That's a family of four like right me. There. And, and <laughs> yeah. the, other, the other thing I, I think that I wish they would not do is play afternoon games I know oh they don't have much God, control, yeah. but Three o'clock when games? the sun hits that one side of the stadium, it's it is an oven. I mean, you're you're basically you might as well put yourself on a tin and be a cookie because you're you're you are you are baking. Um, I, I don't like that. I wish they could get away from those. And I think sometimes the uh, when the college the football season starts and mm-hmm. you have those Saturday afternoon games, I that's been a tough thing for them as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if they have any control over that. To be quite fair. Um, but I think, again, like you talked about, you know, an affordable ticket price. Although I did hear, what, wasn't there a perk that came out now with uh, the new stadium naming rights that season ticket holders get a apparently, yeah, I, I, something I, like I a, saw it on Twitter. I'm not sure. Three night sure. stay at the resort. Oh, oh that was a real thing. That, no, that was that was my joke. I think it, well, I, I was one who made a joke. I'm sure other people made a joke. I said because the <laughs> partnerships <laughs> attached to the resort that you get a four day, three night stay if you do a ninety minute. So the narrative is now the cat and the die is cast. The narrative is out there that you're getting free vacations. I'm not taking all credit for. I think I saw it on Facebook too. I know right after it happened because I worked in timeshare for a long time. I went immediately to that because I, I knew. Uh, I just saw it thrown out there. there. I'm go. like, is that true? No, I, I have not read that, but that'll be funny. though. Well, that's not true. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not true. I like the, the supporter versus um, the fan thing. That that's brilliant. I'm gonna I'm gonna borrow that forever. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, uh, I thought personally, and as somebody that came in later, you know, I I, I started paying attention to Orlando City when you know when they're filling the in their last. Uh, championship they won at the Citrus Bowl in the USL. That's when I came because they were always on the news and said, oh, it's going to be a record crowd and this, that, or whatever. I came for the grand. event and I, I just ended up staying. Um, and then, you know, the MLS one came, uh, that first game, I was like, okay, I'm getting season tickets after that. What what but, what made that fun for you, though? Let me ask you. Because I have, I have my opinion, I think, what really helps, what helped to drive that. Because it wasn't necessarily, the team wasn't winning in 2015. They had a losing record in 2015. Close. Mm. I think within six points of a playoff spot. As close as we've ever been. Yeah, we were relevant that final day. If something would have gone a, won the a loss on the and we had won, yeah. it might have happened. But, so it wasn't necessarily the wins, but there were more wins in for, that season. For me, and um, I can speak for my wife, who's who's one of these, would you say, a, a fan, a casual fan okay. to the extreme. Um, like to this day, she'll, she'll go to the games, but she doesn't even know the coach's name. Okay. But she knows Adrian Heath. Good. Now, um, that hey. was kind of a point. I feel like, for me, I feel like a lot that sold me, and I think it sold a lot of just not necessarily that were hardcore soccer fans, but hardcore sports fans in Orlando, was I think a lot of people fell in love with Adrian Heath and uh, Phil Rollins' ability to sell. You know what I mean? Like, because uh, outside of on the field, like, Adrian as a coach, he was a he was he was just so passionate that you know he had the radio show in the morning and and you would listen to it and he's just so passionate like people wanted him to do well just because you feel like you, he you get connected he tra- attracted the neutrals he did. yes he, the, the yes. people who are into yes. the game even and even like seven forty who had the show yep. ever since Adrian's been gone. You can Mike, tell their Mike interest Bianchi their interest became a is soccer fan which was unbelievable because of Adrian yes <laughs> because of Adrian. Um, and I feel like um, with those, when those two faces left, uh, a lot of people kind of left with them. 
And I'm fair talking point. about, I'm not, I don't even mean the hardcore supporters that had this long-time connection yeah, with Adrian Phil. I'm talking about casuals. Um, do you feel like Orlando at some point is going to have to replace or, or get, get somebody who's a face? Uh, and not necessarily a star. I don't mean like a star player. I'm talking about just somebody who fans feel they can connect with. I, I think you'll find that they will start to connect with various personalities that the team now has. Um, and I think the team. I think I think these supporters just want to see the team successful. I don't think they really necessarily care who fills the the laundry, um, as long as they as long as they're willing to to put their heart on the line and and, and play play for, play, the play for them and play for that 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 badge. I think that's what they really want to see. Um, I talked about Brett Lashbrook being a tireless worker. James O'Connor is that tireless worker. Oh, he is. I've seen him. I've and, seen him. And he lives OCD. He lives and breathes the game. That's it. I mean, some guys you can talk to, and they the, they can talk the game, but then they want to talk about something else. Mm-hmm. James only wants to talk about one thing, soccer, period, end of. That's it is in his DNA through and through, and he's obsessed with being – successful. You do know that he's like one of the only guys that has a UEFA pro license as well. He he is someone if someone came and said, "Here, you want to coach in the Premier League?" He has the qualifications to do so. Mm-hmm. He has the highest license in this country. He has the highest license in Europe. I mean, so he's a guy of, of tremendous experience not only as a player. Uh, now he's getting that experience as a coach. Um, and he's a no-nonsense guy, so I, I think he's the one but I also wanted to say I think that one of the fun things that I always took away from these games that I think anybody that was new to the sport, to the team, to the to you know to maybe Orlando was when you walked in, that supporter group and that wall created such an atmosphere. Yes, it it, it was infectious. You've never seen anything like this. The story I had from the first season that I always tell, that's real quick about some new people who have never come to a pro soccer game before where that 62,000 in that first there was conversations friends told me about in the in the restrooms while they were waiting to use the facilities of guys with a heavy accent you know they were probably more into into football and, and and baseball and NASCAR they were there because they wanted to see what it was about and one was in one stall next to the other can you believe this I don't know, man. Yeah, I can't believe. I got. I'm going to come back more, more for this. This, this is something else. That was an actual conversation was going on. Uh, this is great. I don't care if there's not scoring. That, the, that was the conversation. The singing, the chanting, the yeah. drumming. The ch- I, I just think that yeah. that yeah. atmosphere is so fun, and that's all down to the supporters. I think it's it's a combination. Mm-hmm. And I do think they bought into Adrian Heath, and I do think they bought into the club. But I always credit the supporters for this club for for creating the most beautiful soundtrack for a game. That you know you'd, you'd find in in most places. Yeah. I remember the first couple of years I was watching them a lot of the time because my seats have always been on the opposite on the opposite yep. side of the sport, so yep. I, they're in front of me. That's like a Broadway the first, show. Yeah, the first the first really couple is. seasons I was I was mostly we were just there like watching them pretty much the whole time. They're my amazing. experience <laughs> was a little different because I came in in the early early days of this club, uh, just just like like Cleon. My wife used to work at Orlando Health. She got free tickets uh, lunch one day. And she asked me if we wanted to go to our game, and which we did. I saw a bunch of guys clad in red and white, and I fell in love with the game. But I really fell in love with Adrian, his passion, his his 
He's everything about him. He is Mr. Orlando got sent off. City. I was just about Rebels to say game? Oh, man. That was, I think oh, that was, I was, and that was the moment. That Rebels, was the moment. Yeah. Yes, I was there. Ted Uncle when was he got kicked the fourth official. He got kicked him off. Quick story about that. There was a family from Norway sitting next, My to, wife misses next so to us, <laughs> and they couldn't believe it. They said, we never seen this type of atmosphere back home. And that, to me, was probably the greatest compliment anybody has ever Better paid. Better than a European match? Yeah, that's a great compliment. Absolutely. I heard the same thing from uh, Danish, like a team from Denmark at the opener at the Orlando City Stadium. And, and they were like, this is unbelievable. This is, you know, and they, it was the players and the technical staff. So I want to say thank you guys um, for, for <laughs> coming. Put rubbing their eyes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for, for coming. This is uh, amazing. This might have been our longest one. And yeah. we've had some long. Yeah, yeah, for real. There's so much stuff, we, we so much info and, and knowledge we get garnered from you guys. We appreciate you guys being up here so late and being patient with us. And just sharing your knowledge and your time with us. We really appreciate you guys. Truly a pleasure for us. Thanks for for inviting us. Anytime we get a chance to talk about Orlando City, it's a good day and a good evening for us. And for us, it's about just staying connected. Like you guys said, all these things change, and we're – you know, we're we're gonna root for people doing the same job just because we, you know, we're, we're the same thing. We don't want to root against people, and things change. But what I love about you guys, and I, I think I speak on behalf of all of us here, is that you still care about the, the colors, the team, the badge above all things. Feelings aside, and that's what we, we share. That's what we wanted to. You know, I, I really kind of feeling that that today, and I think that's that's great, and I think that's why. Orlando City is such a beautiful thing, and that's why we're here. That's why we may do a podcast about it. That's why we go to the games, just to feel a part of something. And it's awesome for you guys still feel a part of it, even though club made their decisions and you guys care about the club and being successful. That I think that's awesome. Change. Yeah. Yeah. No, no matter no. where I go, whatever team I end up for working sure. for, or whatever league, whatever sport, and I'll always be aligned. Yeah, and keep up, keep up the great work on your on your podcast, and uh, you know, connecting fans and making sure that they always have something to listen to about the club. Um, I, I think it's fantastic. And then some parting words. I know we we have to wrap it up, but I, I want to tell you guys because obviously I, I never had the opportunity to tell you how much it meant for me to for. for to see you guys usher me into these great games, great memories. I, I I said it on Twitter. You guys are the soundtrack of the glory days of this club. May those glory days not be glory days anymore. May they be the past. May glory days be ahead of us. Thank you very much, uh, Tom and, 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 and Jeff. I uh, As a fan... I can't, I can't describe how much I consider you guys legends. Legends are not simply the men that carry the number and their last name on the back of their jerseys. There's people in this club that not necessarily play 90 minutes that help build this club to where it is. If you guys return to Orlando City or not, just know that there's. I, I speak for thousands who feel that that we owe you a debt of gratitude. And thank you very much for spending the time with us. I, I We could be talking for hours. All I got to say <laughs> is that our club is always faithful, always city, always purple because of the supporters, just like you said. And as long as there's men willing to sweat for 90 minutes for our club, there was, there's going to be an Orlando City. As far as Tom and I, what is dead may never die. <laughs> there you, that's right. That's right. I like, it. I like that. Right, Cleon, go ahead. Yeah. All right, um, that'll be it.
for another edition of Orlando Lions Den podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed. It's a little long today. We hope you enjoyed. Um, we are we are we, are we on next week or no? Well, we'll see. We got the Open Cup coming up. We'll see what happens. Uh, North Carolina. No promises. I'm supposed to be going to Cuba, but um, Trump possibly put a little stop stop to that uh, this this morning. So I don't we, know what's going we on. We need it for the podcast. I sent a little letter to the White House. <laughs> Make some things happen, please. No, but yeah, we'll but see what happens. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this. And thanks for, you know, if you're still here listening, we appreciate you. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I promise you, tonight is about your heart. It's all about heart and how much we want to really go and win the game. And what are we willing to accept from each other? The only expectation is for you to work your off. That is it. Give us maximum, maximum effort. And that will be enough to win the game. The only thing. You make mistakes, so what? Next ball. Next ball. Next ball. Next ball. Maximum effort from everyone. Let's go. Come on. 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 Come on